hell are they? They're us, that's all. There's no more room in hell. What? Something my granddaddy used to tell us. You know Makumbo? Fudu. Granddad was a priest in Trinidad. He used to tell us, when there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk there. Nice cold tea. Cold tea. It's a problem with this mug. It's too big. So every time I make a cup of tea, if I forget about it, by the time I get down to like a quarter, it's cold as anything. Really? I well, know. you should get it's you terrible. should get one of those um those desk coffee warmers. Oh, they're yeah. like little USB uh, desk coffee warmers. They're great. I need to get one of those. I did see there is a self-stirring mug, which yes. I might have to buy. Yep. Mm, I did see that. I have to get that. I did. There yep. is a travel mug which is just filled with skulls. And I was like, "That's that's my next coffee mug." That's a horror. That's a horror mug right there. Oh yeah, keeping it on brand. Well, there we go, folks. There's a nice adult uh, public <laughs> public service announcement on uh, yep. keeping your tea and coffee warm. Welcome yep, back to exactly. the Dreadcast. This is episode six, but oh. part two, part two yeah. of our top five horror movie countdown. Uh, right. A little little break from um, film reviews horror and movies. whatnot. Um, even though, well, I say I say a little break. I realized this last time I was I was editing it. I, oh, yeah. s- I, s- I think I said like a break from film reviews and whatnot, and yet, what are we We're doing? Still doing it. What are we doing? Well, <laughs> okay, yeah. So yeah, technically they're film. Well, they're not full film reviews. They're more like, oh, I liked this film because it yeah. did this. Um, which I mean, we'll get like a, I was like I saying just before we start recording. When I have a go at my, have a go at my, when I you know I talk about my number four choice, um, it's a crap film. It's just free so choice. bad. It's free. terrible. Free. Free. We free did four cho- oh, last time. Choice? We did five and four last oh, time. We did. Oh, it's three and two this time, isn't it? Yeah. My number three choice, it's a it's a horrible film. It's terrible. Yeah. But it has a special place because it's of what it did at the time, which is good. Now I have I have two things to I just wanna I kept this off the uh the preamble oh, before you? we recorded. Two oh. things I wanted to talk about before we actually get into it. Number okay. one. Number one, as of last time. Um, I mentioned in part one of our top five, I mentioned one of my top fives is uh, Wreck. You, oh, yeah, yeah. in this time, yes. have watched Wreck. I have. That was a really good film. I loved it. Yeah. I, I, I liked it because it was the way that it was um, it was filmed, mm. which was obviously the journalistic, I uh, no, late night TV kind of... It's like a fly on the wall documentary. Yeah, fly on the wall documentary. It worked super well. Yeah. Because I can see why they would keep the camera rolling, as I think we said in part one. Whereas yeah. that's the problem with a lot of found footage is you're looking at going, why on earth are you still recording? Exactly. Especially when you get to films like, uh, oh, what's that film? Cloverfield. Yes. It's like yes. A, an alien is destroying your, your city. Everyone knows it's there now. Trust me, it's not getting off the news. Put your damn camera down and run. And that's exactly what we talked about. Well, again, while I was listening back to editing mm. that episode, you mentioned that, and it really got me thinking. I, I adore that Cloverfield film, but it's one of those mm. things when you really think back at it with a point of view like that, you think, yeah, that this is so dumb. Oh, yeah. This is so dumb. Do you think, uh, uh, topical here, 
Do you think people in Ukraine, uh, twenty four seven, exactly filming? I mean, they're you. No matter where you are in the world, there are people that have their phones out trying to record bad shit. Yeah, but I'm talking oh, yeah. constantly. I mean, probably not. Well, that's the thing. It's it's whenever you see these YouTube videos, and it's like, oh, I caught this dude having a punch up with this yeah. other dude. And I'm like, well, then just put your phone down and stop it. It's like, oh my god, this dude, like, I don't know is kicking a dog in the high street and i'm like i don't Why? need to see that on camera if you yeah. told me i saw a dude kicking a dog i stopped it and be like well done well done lad rather than i didn't need you to film this and put it on youtube yeah 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 so exactly it's the context of the filming oh yeah i it was admittedly it was annoying i couldn't i found a free i found it on uh oh where did i watch it i watched it on amazon prime that was it yeah. amazon prime video annoyingly I had to watch it with adverts, which was a bit annoying because oh, wow. it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't completely available on Amazon Prime. Right. So I had to technically watch it on IMDb TV. I don't know. It was one of these weird things. I mean, I have it on Blu-ray. You could have just borrowed that. I could have just borrowed it. Yeah. <laughs> I should have just done that. Uh, that would have been so much easier. But so every now and then it would get to a really like tense bit. And yeah. then Darren Brown would pop up going, are you stressed? I'm like, I oh, am right God. now. Yes. Because yeah. I'm watching a horror film. Thank you, Darren Brown. <laughs> I'm now stressed because you just popped out of nowhere. <laughs> but aside from that, I mean, to be fair, it kind of made it as if I was watching a TV documentary with like a little mm. advert break. It's mm. like, okay, we've shown you this part. We've got to take a break now. Yeah. But, I, I really like, I mean, it was the first shaky cam, well, not, okay, not shaky cam, that's the wrong thing, found footage film that I, yeah. I watched that I, I actually enjoyed. And to be fair, the shaky cam in this was very minimal, which I think really helped. They kept the camera quite steady, which is nice. And I think that kind of played into the fact that it was a, a journalistic cameraman doing the filming rather than some dude who's literally holding a camera and he's running around shaking it every single chance he can get, which is quite nausea-inducing. And I must admit, I felt really bad for the the girl. I can't remember her name. Uh, what was her name? Uh, oh my God, I want to say Anna for some reason. I have no idea what her name is. Anna and Lucy Anna? are the two leads from... Oh, they're from Martyrs. Martyrs, which we were talking about the other day. Yeah, so it's not um, her. Oh, this oh, is bad. This is highly embarrassing. I know. Quickly, internet, quickly. I'm searching, I'm searching, I'm searching. This is your fav- This is one of your favourite films. You should know this off by heart. But anyway, I felt really Angela. bad for Angela. 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 That was Angela. the name. I Angela. felt really bad for Angela. Yeah. Because she honestly... I mean, she, whoever the, the actress is, we're not going to look up her name now. She not played yet. the role perfectly. Oh, yeah. Because she really looks terrified in a lot of this and i so hoped that they didn't tell them what they were doing half the time and they just threw stuff at them to make it scary and i really hope it is because she played it very well and it's interesting because in terms of this i don't want to do a full film review about this because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we'll get we'll do a full film review of this later i'm sure we will yeah this this set was really cool i liked the fact that it was a single tower block that's all it is that was yeah it. yeah that's all it is and also, I won't go into what happens in it because obviously that will give away, you know, most of the film. And to be fair, it's only an hour long. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, roughly well, hour, it's about an hour and twenty. Hour twenty. It doesn't. It doesn't feel. I mean, it felt longer when I was watching it. It did feel longer, um, which was good. Not in a bad way. It didn't feel like it was dragging on. How about yeah, the last I, ten minutes? Oh my god, that ramped up so quick, and 
see, I really, I have to watch Wreck Two, and I know mm-hmm. it's about an hour and a half. I haven't got around you to watching Wreck Two yet, and I know it starts fifteen minutes after the first film, which mm-hmm. is quite good. Mm-hmm. So I'm really interested in seeing that. But the last ten minutes is when, obviously, oh, I can't really go into this because it'll give away spoilers. But when you find out more of the, oh, okay, more of the backstory lore as yeah. to potentially what is happening, oh, there is lore in this. There is lore oh, in yeah. this film, which see, I. I think they deliberately misdirect you, and I think they do because obviously there's when the stuff happens, yeah. To and then obviously like the building is kind of blocked off. Yes, uh, that doesn't give away anything. You're like, oh, no, so it's this quarantined is off. It's quarantined off, and you're kind of like, oh, so this is going on and everything. And then of course you have the last ten minutes. You're like, wait, hang on, is this wait, is this happening instead, or is it? And I didn't know what to think about it. So I sat and was like, I hope they continue this in Wreck 2 and they finally explain it. And They do. They do. I'm telling oh, you they now. Do. Oh, they okay, do. Okay, cool. Oh, excellent. That's what I wanted to hear. But yeah, point it was, of, I really enjoyed it. Point about Wreck 2. So mm. as you said, you are going to watch Wreck 2, which I'm glad you should do because yep. you should. It is one of the more solid uh, horror sequels, in my opinion. Now, this, oh, this, okay. this leads on to the second thing I wanted to bring up quickly before we go back into our films. Yeah. We're doing a part two now. I'm hoping this is as good as the first. <laughs> I'm hoping. Going to say. Here's hoping we can do a, uh, as good episode as the first. Wreck 2 is as mm, as good as the first, not as good as the first, if that makes sense. The first is so unique yeah. and fantastic. The second one, oh, yeah. it holds its own. It does a good. It, it tells a good story and, in my opinion, wraps it up. You don't need 3 and 4 to do whatever it does. Yeah, I, I you, saw the breakdowns for those and I was like, yeah. they sound crap. <laughs> can you think of a few sequels that are really solid in in the horror world to me the ones that come to my head oh. I, I think friday the 13th part two is better than part one that's the and one I'm not, I I'm just not, thought. yeah i'm not I'm not just thinking of films that are better than the first but um, just are as good ish like halloween 2 is okay until mm. we get the whole laurie is his sister like they had to yeah, shoehorn in down. the family um hellraiser I mean, 2 is good yeah hellraiser 2 is good i like that one um, texas chainsaw Nightmare on Elm 2 Street. No, I hated Nightmare on Elm Street 2. It's yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street it. 3 is the better sequel. That oh, is, is that, the two. that's not Dream Warriors. That's, it, um, is. it is. What is Dream Warriors? I knew that. Yeah. Okay, it is that one. Yeah. Um, I would, I because I'm on, I've got the Jaws IMDb page up. I'm not going to say mm. Jaws because Jaws, I mean, Jaws 2, to be fair, compared to Jaws 3 and 4, Jaws 2 is like a masterpiece. Yes. In filmmaking. Yes. But it's, <laughs> again, it's nowhere as good as, as the first Jaws because the first Jaws was just, it was. Well, we'll get onto Jaws, I'm sure, at some point. Yeah. Um, I can't actually think of any sequels that are as... I mean, the fir- to be fair, the first thing that really did come to my mind was Terminator 2, but it's not Which, really... Yeah. A, it's it's tricky because Terminator, in, obviously we said this last week, in, my, in our eyes, mm. is a horror film because it yeah. is pretty... It's got a lot of horror elements. Terminator 2, not so much. It is definitely a sci-fi action film. The horror elements are kind of very thrown out the window. Yeah. With a bit of maybe a bit of body horror when he's like, you know, he's peeling off his skin arm to show mm. the dude he's a machine. But apart from that, it's not overly horror. It's not. No. I uh, I can't really think of any. No. Oh no. The, I, I don't think there I is. can't think of any that trump the first. I apart from possibly Friday the 13th, but Friday the 13th one yeah. is such a unique film on its own. It, that is true. it's just a great it's just a good film on its own but part two as the friday 13th series is a better film 
in my opinion. Plus, obviously, you get, you know, you were introduced to Jason at that point in time. Exactly. I'm yeah, just exactly. having a look at seven modern horror sequels that were better than the original. Let's have one, a quick look. One, oh, I will really? say, that isn't. Uh, if you've ever seen Slumber Party Massacre, <gasps> yes. it's an incredible slasher film. Incredible, oh. simple, simple, simple slasher film that doesn't need any, like, backstory or whatnot. Oh, no. There is a slumber party. There is a maniac on the loose. Put them two yep. together. You get a slasher film. That's it. It was so the, good. The, oh. se the sequel to that is one of the shittiest sequels I've ever seen <laughs> to a horror film. I love the slumber party massacre films. And even the cheerleader, the cheerleader massacre films. Mm. You've seen the ones. sequel. Oh. You've seen the sequel. I have. With oh. um, He's kind of like a, a prince prince lookalike yeah. with his his driller so drilling his, his guitar that's got a drill on the end yeah, yeah. it's is that film a dream is it a, a, a alternate reality it's bizarre and it's i awful. remember i i i got hold this is when torrent I, I will admit this is when torrent started came in out and i got hold of the entire like summer party massacre torrent yeah and i binged him and i just laughed my head off because they're so bad i mean they're, oh, they're it's insane. like it's I don't I wouldn't even call it a B movie horror. It's not even it's further down the list than that. Mm. It's just they're just bad, but at the same time, I think when they made it, they're like, we know this film is crap, but we don't care. I would hope that's their mindset rather than thinking oh, yeah. we're gonna make a killer slasher sequel here. Oh yeah. Now I'm I'm on this list, which is a seven like horror movie, seven modern horror sequels better than the original. I don't yeah. agree with any of these films. Go on then, go on then. Give us a give us a rundown. So number one, apparently so well this it doesn't look like there's any order. So they have The Conjuring Two. Is better than the oh. first one. I I, I um, am afraid until we get yeah. around to maybe talking about those films, I have no stake in The Conjuring, Annabelle, Insidious, any of these, any of these sort of films. They, they all sort of fall into the same film from my eyes. The Nun, oh, they all just true. cheap jump scares. Go on. This one, so the second one is Ouija, Origin of Evil. Now, I will admit Origin of Evil was slightly better, but it's still not that good. Sounds like a straight so, to video yeah. on demand. Yeah. You have The Purge Anarchy, which again, okay. I don't think so because The Purge was really good. I'm getting the feeling this list isn't talking about anything pre maybe 2010. <laughs> maybe. This list feels very modern. No, no, that's not. No, no there is okay. one. Okay, all right, all right. All right, go on. I don't know if we'll agree with it. Uh, so another one is The Devil's Rejects. Mm. Now... It's a. I, I think it's Rob Zombie's best film. I would. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, and House it, of a Thousand Corpses was pretty. Was pretty creepy. I did like that. Yeah, it was his own take on you know Texas Chainsaw mm. Massacre, um, cannibal story. And it is a sequel, I guess. Yeah. It, 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 well, no, I guess it is the sequel. Oh yeah. Um, I'm they just made trying a to... third one, didn't they? Yeah, that, no, that's Rejects. bad. That's bad. Free yeah. from hell. Uh, no, oh, Devil's that was it. Devil's Rejects is better than House of Thousand Corpses, I would say. There it goes. Okay, yeah, so they might, okay. so we've got one point. We're giving one yeah, point. Yeah, I'll give it that. Now, the one after that was Scream 2. No, Scream 2 is yeah. not better than Scream 1, but it is a very competent sequel. Oh, yes. It works very well, but it's not better than Scream. No. The one after no, no. that is Saw 3, which I don't agree with. Because the problem is, for me, the Saw films just got worse over time. Saw 2 is in the house. Um, Saw 2 is the booby-trapped like, house with, with the like kid in the safe. and whatnot. Yeah. Saw 3. Saw 3 is the one where... Where's that set? A lot of the traps are unescapable. 
So obviously with obviously Jigsaw's motive is you have to be able you have to be able to escape. It's probably going to hurt. Well, of course it's going to hurt in a horrible way. But a lot of the traps in the Saw three film they were done by Amanda. Oh, is so Saw Jigsaw's three? Assistant. Is Saw three the film where Jigsaw is dying and they kidnap the doctor to, uh, like I don't know, take a tumor out or fix a tumor in his brain? Amanda's there as well, and the yes. the, the doctor's husband is the one going through all the traps tra- while people are in these traps. It's yes, got the cru- right. got the crucifix uh, trap in it. Which yes, is horrific. that's the one. That's one of the yeah, worst yeah. traps ever. <laughs> it's okay. got the uh, it's got the angel wings one as well. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, that yes, one was yes, yes. that one was pretty nasty. Yeah. So, but I, I still wouldn't. Con- I mean, Saw was just groundbreaking. It was great. Yeah. And the last one apparently is It Chapter Two. Um, I didn't like it one. No, I yeah. I didn't it like chapter it. Chapter Two for me was just naff. Yeah. I, I mean, like the original yeah. It with Tim Curry. Oh yeah, the nineteen nineties miniseries. But mm. the new one, I found. I was in, I watched it in the cinema. The first one, I didn't saw chapter two, but the first it film, the the new first one, I found it very predictable. When I was in the cinema, I'm like, okay, this is going to happen. I can tell this jump scare is going to happen. It felt very predictable, and that's not for me. I've never read the story. I don't know the story off by heart. I know it's about the, the the clown, which is basically like a fear. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of the jump scares were, felt cheap and predictable to me. See, I've got another list, but I don't want to. I think we potentially what we could do is we could find a list of we could do an episode on these because some of these films I think we'll just have a laugh ripping them to pieces. Oh, I agree, I agree. I just wanted to get that. Or oh, go on, go on. You got one more. You got one more. He's getting excited. This list cannot be no. This list cannot be good because on He's this other excited. list, horror sequels that were better than the original, they put Wreck Three. <laughs> no. What? What? Yeah, Wreck Three. What? Oh, what no. website is this list? On. This is eighties kids. This is some random thing, but Wreck Three. No oh way. Boy, oh boy. No. Okay. Well, that's oh. a that's a good note to end this discussion on. <laughs> oh, some. I mean, that's too bad. Some of these. Oh, number one was a Nightmare on Elm Street Three, though. So there you go. Yes, that is okay, no then. doubt the best night. It's the best Nightmare on Elm Street, in my opinion. I think it's better than number one. Yeah, I must admit, I'm not a huge Freddy fan. I don't. No, me either. I rank him lower than. My two, to be fair, my two favorite slashes. It's Freddy, uh, not Freddy. Sorry, it's Jason and Chucky. I think those okay, two are just okay. yep. incredible, especially the new Chucky series. Oh, yes, so good. <laughs> Loved it. Go, rec- go watch that, people. There you go. So, but anyway. numero frio. Yes, numero three. Who, for do you want to go UO. first this time? Do I? Want oh, you want me to do it? Well, because uh... I went first last time. I'll go first this time then. You go first. Fuck, fuck it. Fuck it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Let, me get, on, my script. Let me get my script up. So look, I'm reading my teleprompter. Oh. Only because I, I have quite a lot written on this, but I'll, I'll try and get through it as quick as possible. Now, that'll probably help because my what I have written for my numero three is like n- not much. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. So obviously for myself, um, as, oh, as actually as we discussed in the last episode, our number mm. ones are our solid number ones. Yes. As are our number twos, I believe. Yeah, so my... Yeah, I would say... I changed my number two because yeah. I took out Friday the 13th. Yeah. But that spoiler. was because... Spoiler, it's not in the, my top five. Yeah. But that's because as much as I love Jason Voorhees and the series, it's it didn't, like, groundbreakingly impact me. So I took yeah. it out. Okay. 
so one and two are, are, are have their significant places, whereas five, yeah. four, and three could be could be mixed around. They're they're all they're all third place in a way. Yeah. Okay. The bronze so f- tears. Yes, the bronze tears. There we go. So for myself, um, five and four. Last time I mentioned Martyrs, the French horror film, oh, yeah. and Wreck, Spanish horror. Uh, coming around, I'm coming out around the same time, uh, late two thousands. <laughs> Highly recommend, highly recommend watching both if you haven't listened to the first episode. Also, go back mm. and listen to the last episode and you'll, oh, yeah. you'll hear you. our number five and fours. But for number three, just just reaching out of the top two spot. Now, to some, this is not this is not a scary film. Okay. It's not really a scary jump. It's not a jump scary film. It's not scary. It's not a, it is a horror film, but it's not a scary film. Unless you watched it back in maybe 1978 when it came out. Now, 1978 is a golden year for horror. Yes, it was. Because we had this and Halloween. I mean, them two alone. So, okay, and I, I say, thought you were going to say Halloween. Oh. Oh, no, ha- no, no, no. And when I say this, I mean the original Dawn of the Dead. Ah, of course. George A. Romero's Dawn of the Dead, which is a sequel to George A. Romero's masterpiece, Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, Which came out exactly. 10 years prior. Now, I think we, we've mentioned over a few episodes about certain sequels that have taken a long mm. time to come out this has to be oh, up yeah. there one of them a 10 year a 10 year gap between the next is sequel. that now i don't think it's the beat, biggest um that beat texas chainsaw massacre because that was seven i think uh but uh no, until... that was longer well the original came out original texas chainsaw massacre was 1974 uh, tcm2 was let me check my beautiful beautiful list i, I believe made. it was 1980 something my list say, um, where's yeah, my list? 19, that's right, it's 1986, so it was 12 years. That's a 12 okay, it's year not gap. as long, it's still, God, it's long. still a significant gap, but I think you can give it to them because of the fact that George A. Romero's early films were not big Hollywood blockbuster films, they're, they're indie films basically. And this one specifically was only made for one and a half million dollars, Dawn of the Dead, 1978. Mm. Oh wow! Yeah, and it's kind of that was quite a lot back then. Yeah, back then you talk about inflation and whatnot. Yeah. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> um, so like I said, it's it's not the scariest film, mm. and especially wouldn't be today. You, I mean, you, you, oh, no. you, you look at the zombies. Uh, Tom Savini's work on the zombies, they they are comical looking. They look grey, then blue. Yep. The blood. I have the picture of them up right now, and I'm. You can yeah. tell they've literally just got blue face paint and smeared it on them, and like, there you go, off you go. Yeah, the the makeup wasn't one of Savini's best, um, and we all know Tom Savini and is God, along with Greg. He Nicotero, got better. Greg Nicotero and a few others. Um, yeah. Even yeah, the blood yeah. itself is. I'm actually this pen I'm holding right now, viewers. You cannot see it, but it's very red. <laughs> it's like, and it's like a child's poster paint. It's red. Crayola red. Crayola yeah. red. And the, the paint, yeah, the, the, the blood wasn't great in this until we get to Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead is Tom Savini's, in my opinion, masterpiece. Mm. But, so where was I? Where was I? Let me get back to my script. So, much like the previous, being Night of the Living Dead, being built on inspiration of like, real life stuff, uh, like uh, yeah. racial events, political strife, and just the late 60s of the United States, which was a, which was a shit shit trash fire oh yeah dawn of the dead the best way to describe it it uses the every man's every man zombie 
to kind of show America's deep, deep, not even, maybe not even America, the world's deep descent into the consumer culture because it was oh, around yeah, that was... time. It was around that time in the seventies where it was really starting to boom. Mm. Uh, the film itself set in the shopping mall. I think yeah, if you're a yeah. horror fan, if you've not seen Dawn of the Dead, you've heard of Dawn of the Dead, or even just seen the remake, the shopping mall is iconic with Dawn of the Dead. That is, oh, it is. the key set piece. I mean, that's where it is. And the zombies are the perfect, perfect representation of people. Because yeah. are, this sounds really deep, but we ourselves are the zombies. Yeah, mm. We are, we are with consumer culture, walking around shopping centers just mindlessly... Oh, uh, uh, look at that, that in the oh, window. Just that. window shopping. Uh, not you don't even know what's going on behind you. Yeah, I mean, completely I did that today. Out. To be fair, I did that today when I was out with the missus and and the her daughter. I was saying to you earlier, I literally walked past the geek shop in there, saw a, a Necker Raphael Frankenstein thing, mm. and I know I I know I can't buy it because I'm saving up for a house. But even then, I just looked and went, oh, I should buy that. And I was like, I don't need it, but I should just buy it. I, I and even when I talked to the missus, she went, "No, you don't need it." I'm like, I know, but I I just want to have it. But I need it. Exactly. But I must I have it. it. I mean, I mean, look yeah. at again. This is only an audio podcast. Eventually, we'll get to a video. I am oh, still yeah. working on that. But as you can see behind me, T. Oh yes, I am a consumer whore. <laughs> what? Yeah, I was. I was literally when you were talking about Dawn of the Dead. I was like, should I? Should I pull my collector's Dawn of the Dead out? But I know, I know no, that I've gets you a bit. We don't, we don't need to see that again. We don't need to see that again. You don't need to brag. <laughs> don't need to brag. Don't need to go down that road. Nope. But it's it's funny talking about that though. That seventy eight. We're nearly fifty years on, and okay. the film, this film, still resonates with daily lifestyle of, of the, the oh, everyman yeah. consumer culture, just z- zombies. Everyone is just zombies. And yep. it's incredible. Like that still hits home as to how we all are. Well, it's, it's in, it is exactly. It's still here because if you think about it, if you turn on the TV, actually you need to the TV on now. If you go on YouTube, you are always being pumped full of adverts, either for a service, mm. a product or something else that you need to have. You, and you yet, must have it. You must. It's like you have to have. Even then, if you think about oh, this, is it's taking a bit of a deep dive. If you think about to when, especially when we were in school, it was like the careers fair, and it was like, well, what do you want to do? Like, I don't know. It's like, well, you need to get a house. You need to get a mortgage. You need to get married. Oh, you need to have kids. This is what you lifestyle. have to do. Yeah. This is the set lifestyle. You then get retirement, and it's like, yeah. oh, is that what I have to do? Oh, okay. I guess that's what I have to do. And yeah. that's actually what a lot of people do is they go right. I just need to do the nine to five. That's apparently what I do. And we you. Anyway, that's a that's a whole other. I no, I know podcast. exactly what you're saying. I, I was actually talking to someone about this the other day, and mm-hmm. how we're all so we're all so wired into that lifestyle. Of that is oh, yeah. how everyone should live their life. If you deviate, oh, you're a bit weird. Oh, dear. No, 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 no. This is your you're you're in your zombie mindset. You do this, yep. you do that. You don't change like a zombie. You're just focused on. I know what you're focused on. I mean, you're not focused on. You're not focused on brains because that was only introduced in Res- Return of the Living Dead one. Oh, okay. Yeah, Return of the Living Dead 1, fun fact, folks, um, is the origin of, I don't know, if you went to a fancy dress party dressed as a zombie and you're, you're going, brains, brains. That is the film it first originated in. Uh, All zombies before that are just mindless, uh, reanimated corpses. Just 
with a hunger for just eating and flesh. Just you're just mindless animals. You're just drones. Who, That's all you are. I can't remember which film it was, but someone asked a question in a film, and it was like, "Well, why? Why are these zombies? Why are they biting us? Why are they eating us?" Yeah. And I think this guy came up with this very clever uh, explanation. It's like, "Well, their brains, effectively, their brains shut down when they died." Yeah. And when they reanimated, they're operating on the primal level. Exactly. exactly. If you were to look at an animal, its primal drive is, I have to eat. Yeah. It, it's like wherever the next source of food is, if I find it, I eat it. That's all I do. And it's, then I move it, on. Oh, I eat again. Eat or be eaten? Eated? Eated. Eaten? Eated. Eaten. I'd rather go I'd rather go with eated because it shows I tried. <laughs> We'll and go with eated. And trying is half the battle. It's true. Now, I did briefly mention uh, the remake. Now, there was a remake of Dawn of the Dead. Oh, and yeah, it's yeah. it's probably one of the better horror remakes. Uh, hmm. You could put it in the pile with Evil Dead. Uh, done by... Uh, oh, Fe- yeah. Fe- I can always get his name on. Fide Alvarez, who d- yep. did, uh, um, unfortunately, work on a new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. But Evil Dead's okay. The remake of Hills Have Eyes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Solid and the remake of Texas Chainsaw, which we have talked about. That before. was good. So it kind of falls into those competent films, and hmm. it's Zack Snyder's first directorial, it's his directorial debut, and it's arguably his only good film, his best film, in my opinion. Zack Snyder's best film. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of any Zack Snyder films. I mean, oh. I know he did Justice League. Well, he kind of did Justice League. He did it, and then he stopped doing it. Mm-hmm. Apart from that, I can't really. Work. I mean, I know he did. Uh, oh, that film that came out recently, Army of the Dead. Yeah, that that, that was that was bad. That was, was bad. bad. It's just kind of one of those like mindless, like oh, I'm just gonna watch it. Past two the, hours. The thing with his his remake, his his version being competent, is that we still get holed up inside the shopping mall for the majority, mm. which, like I said, in my opinion, is the main cog of the film. It's the main set piece. The main piece of the puzzle are zombies, which. They're not like the original in the remake. They no, at that point modern. they followed. They, yeah, they're modern. They followed the trend of the fast, aggressive zombies, which is it doesn't it doesn't work as well as the mindless drones in the shopping mall. Mindless drones no. in the shopping mall, zombies that connects. Aggressive zombies in the shopping mall. It's almost like the shopping mall. It's just another set they've just run into, you run out of and whatnot. The mindless drones yeah. in the shopping mall is like they have they that's that makes sense. That's, yeah. That's their you know? habitat. Um, was that, uh, what was that horror game where it's set in a shopping mall? It's like Dead Frank Ri- something. Dead Rising. Dead Rising. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Great fun. Great just that's just a good fun zombie game. Oh yeah. Takes the photos of zombies, bash a few brains in. Perfect. Now, back to nineteen seventy eight. Yes. And Dawn of the Dead. So Practically, like I said, practically independent film, edited and directed by Romero, and he stars in it. He makes a brief cameo at the beginning in the uh, TV station, right at the beginning. Okay. So, let's. I'm going to try and do a simple, simple synopsis. If you've never seen Dawn of the Dead, it is technically a sequel to Night of the Living Dead, but the hmm. Romero Dead films never specify that they follow on from each other or characters continue. It's kind of just like a slow, ongoing apocalypse happening. Mm. Night of the Living Dead, you never see the beginning of it. It's just, it just happens. The, the, the main characters, no, actually, the best way, the main characters, in theory, walk into what's happening. They don't oh, choose. Okay. They don't choose to. They just, they just 
walk into the situation in a way and have to deal with it. Dawn of the Dead, the situation's happening and people know mm. that we're, we're, yeah. we're, we're working on it. So I mean, we have four main characters that meet about a quarter of the way in. We have a news reporter and a news reporter in the sky, like like a, a traffic guy in the, you'd have in a helicopter. Male and female, they're together. They try and escape the news station. The news station is hectic. There are reporters losing their mind. There are doctors and, and um, theorists in, on, on the TV trying to work out what the hell is going on. They want to shut the station down. People are evacuating and whatnot. This couple, they get in the helicopter. They want to escape. Our other two main characters are two SWAT team members who are currently dealing with a pretty, at the time, I'm going to say very racist situation in a slum oh. apartment block building that they're trying to evacuate people. I never actually uh. understood what this was. I believe two people part of the police SWAT team currently raiding a low-income housing project that predominantly houses black and Latino tenants who are defying the martial law of delivering any dead bodies to the National Guard of Authorities. That's a pretty bad thing, but at the time, um, a lot of racial issues in America. Yes, yes, there were. It, yeah, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Things turn very ugly when the residents of the, bu- the building start to fight back. Not aggressively, but they start to resist. And we also encounter another SWAT team member who incurs one of the best head explosions in any horror film, in my opinion. Do you know this I, head explosion? Off? I, I believe you've discussed this with me. I can't remember what it is, but I, I know we've had a chat about it. Okay, so one SWAT team member, I'll get this quick. One SWAT team member is going through the building, kicks through a door and blows this guy's head open like a scanner's nice. head explosion. Now, the head in question is actually a mold, a cast of other female lead character who I just mentioned. Mm. They were going to use it in a scene later on in the film but they didn't. So they had this head. They oh, filled okay. it with all yeah. trash and shit from the kitchen. Nice. Put some fake hair on it, sprayed it, well, like uh, airbrushed it black, did a, a more um, a black black skin tone. Yeah. And they blew that the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> That's Tom Savini with a shotgun. One take. Boom. Blew it the hell up. Nice. And our two lead SWAT team members take this guy down. They then... It then they it moves on. We then move down to the basement of the building where they're trying to collect themselves, trying to get a bit more calm. They find more bodies down there where the tenants of this building have been holding them up. Can't believe okay. what they're seeing. Take them out. They leave. They get the hell out of there because it's just escalating one thing after the other. Okay, where was I? We had a technical issue there. Our two yeah, SWAT team members. Back meet up with our other lead uh, actor and actress and the four of the four, our four heroes move on to try and find somewhere safe to hold up for a while As you now we do. don't we don't get to the mall straight away we we fly off to a we fly off in the helicopter looking for somewhere safe to, to stop by we land we have to fill up the helicopter we encounter more zombies we get a classic um, zombie death where a zombie is walking towards them while they're f- fueling up the helicopter and one of the helicopter blades chops off his head. Oh, nice. Yeah, it chops off the top of his head. And you can see the effects. Like, they've built his head uh, like a, a lurch, you know, lurch from the other side. Oh, like, yes, Much yes, higher. Yes. He's got a flat top and it just, 
boom, picks it off and blood starts dribbling down. Oh, great effect, great effect. And there's also that scene where you can see a zombie on the back of a mo motorbike driving by on the background. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know they could do that. <laughs> yeah. So eventually our four heroes, they find a shopping mall somewhat abandoned there's some of our friends still lurking around they clean it up they dis dispose of the bodies they barricade it and i mean you're in a shopping mall it's any yeah. kid's dream really oh yeah but what's good is that over time they start to feel i think they start to feel bored they start to feel oh, like what, what are we doing we need to we need to think of a plan we need to move on we're, we're in theory stuck here this is not actually as good yeah, as it yeah. sounds and things then do start to go from boredom to bad to really bad to worse when they get invaded by a biker gang. They have to figure out what to do. They have to try and escape. Yeah, it's it's not the best description. Lord of the Dead isn't isn't a film where they use a lawnmower, is it? No, As that is Brain Dead slash um, Dead Alive. Okay, uh, Peter, I'm Jack Peter Jackson's completely. second film. Yeah. Yeah. Peter Jackson did not think okay. Peter Jackson's yeah, first two films, Bad Taste and Dead Alive. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, fair enough, there you go. The more you know. Now there is also I mean, for, for the time, there's quite a quite a shocking scene where back at the point where they are filling up the, the fuel for the helicopter, mm. they, they they just rummage around the area of the filling up station and uh, Peter, he's uh, one of the SWAT team members. He's actually played by Ken Foray, who is Keenan's dad from Keenan and Kel. No way. And, uh, and he rummages through a building, opens up this cupboard door, and two zombie kids run out and try and attack him. And it's oh, no. shown, he blatantly just shoots them in the head to defend oh. himself. That is an iconic scene for that time. I mean, yeah, you can get away with their zombies. They're already dead. But it's still, yeah. that is a really tough scene to get away with. Yeah, because if you think about it, even in modern, I'm guessing it was it was shown on camera. Yeah, yeah. You see the, the squibs go off in their head, okay. in their chest. Because yeah. if, you, if you think about modern horror films, to be fair, any film, especially anything to do with either like anyone under the age of 18 or children, If I mean, the only the example I can think of is in Hereditary where the, oh yes yes a bit of a i mean it's uh well no it's not a spoiler it sets up the film because everything that happens in the film it happens after this mm. is even when she where it happens to her fate you don't see it on camera no. and i think that is because especially modern modern i don't know what the word is modern people now in yeah, like 2022 yeah, 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 yeah. a lot of especially like parents are a bit like I don't want to see that. I don't want to see like something happening to a kid, especially Would if they have kids. Somebody think of the children. Yeah, because <laughs> I think the they're children. like, oh, you wouldn't do that to a kid, would you? And it's like, well, oh, it's in the story. I've got to, but I'll do it off camera so it's implied, but you never see it. Whereas so, back in those days, they were like, yeah, kids are tough. They'll be fine. Yeah, they're tough. Seventies <laughs> kids were tough. They could take a bullet. Oh. They could take a bullet, That'd especially when they're zombies. Exactly. Their parents are like, oh, get up and walk it off. Come on Yeah, now. Just, oh. just brush it off. It's just a bullet. You've got homework <laughs> to do. Yeah, sorry, mum. Okay. So let, let me summarize that description because I, I went off on many tangents there. We have four lead characters, two working at a news station, yep. TV station, two part of the SWAT team. 
They eventually escape whatever scenario they're in. They meet up. They arrive at a shopping mall. They hunker down. They they live a lavish lifestyle for a certain amount of time. One of the SWAT team members gets a bit complacent. He gets he gets bitten. One of the news reporters gets bitten. They have to start to deal with that. They get invaded by a biker gang. They have to deal with that. It's then time to escape, move on. Yeah, that is basically Dawn of the Dead. It's like many things with zombies. The zombies don't aren't really the enemies at times. I would say that about Walking Dead. The yeah, zombies yeah, aren't yeah. the main factor of the, the, the drama is how the humans interact with each other, how they interact yeah. with their, their settings, their whereabouts. The zombies in Dawn of the Dead, they're not fast, they're slow. They even state, we could just walk right by them. We could just, we could just walk right by them. Yeah. And you that's, can. I would say, because obviously a lot of people, I would say in terms of like apocalypses, mm. I think a zombie one is the one that most people are like, oh, I'd rather not have that. Because most people are like, I'd rather not be a zombie. Because let's face it, in terms of like fates, that's that one's pretty horrendous. If yeah. they were like, oh, it's we're having the werewolf apocalypse. I think personally for me, I'd be like, I'd go out, like smother myself in peanut butter. I'd be like, come on now, just have a little chow down. It's like, I'd love to be a werewolf. It'd be great. It'd be amazing fun. But with, yeah, with I think it's when you mentioned The Walking Dead, even if I remember right, even the, the writers, Alan Moore, was like, it's not a zombie series. It's a human drama series. The zombies are just kind of in the background somewhere. I think Walking Dead is uh, Robert Kirkman. It's Robert Kirkman, not Alan Moore, sorry. Yeah. I think Alan Moore, Alan Moore is a, a wizard. Alan Moore is a wizard. He is, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. He does look like a wizard. But it's like you said, with the zombies, if you think about it, in terms of all the the zombie horror films, it's never... The, the, the main drama, as you said, always comes from the survivors always inadvertently find a way to annoy each other mm. and then it's like oh i hate that person it's like oh look zombies have broken in it's like oh quickly let's uh we can get rid of him if we just lock him out the door yeah. which and is it's... what i like with this film is that the main four survivors never have any conflict never oh, really good. have any tension they they really are trying to survive which i think that's more real than the walking dead uh, aspect of yeah. um well, the walking dead all this drama all this ramped up drama, like, yeah. The only conflict we really have here is when the biker gang comes in. Biker gang yeah. doesn't give a shit. They're looking out for themselves. Even if there's humans there, we're going we're gonna to mess with them. But the yeah. four, there's not really much drama between them. And I like that. And that all kind, this all kind of goes back to what I was saying about how this isn't really a scary film. Maybe back no. in 1978 it is. But to me, it's such an important horror, um, a zombie horror, a zombie genre yeah. horror film. Because it's Night of the Living Dead was groundbreaking, but Dawn of the Dead mm. was the one that really solidified it as like the, think... the, the the peak zombie film at that point. Oh yeah, I believe if I'm I don't know if it was Night of the Living Dead, but there was a series that came out recently. Uh, it was it Black Mirror. It may have been Black Mirror. It was mm. no, it's Creepshow. Sorry, it was Creepshow. The newest oh, yeah. Creepshow. Yeah, yeah, and it was. One of the this guy, he he's a massive horror fan. He loves horror films, but he's also a massive like tech geek. Mm. And he devises a device that allows him when he it's kind of like an animus from Assassin's Creed. Yep, like this okay. VR thing. And he's he he lies in it and he he gets kind of he puts a film on that he wants to be in, and it will it puts him into the film. Mm. And he's in there, and he can. They, it's a very well filmed thing. Okay. And he can interact. They put him in in such a way that it looks like he's actually interacting with the films that they spliced in, which is great fun. 
and if I remember rightly, the intro is, it might not be, but I believe it's the graveyard scene from Night of the Living Dead. And he's in it, and these zombies start appearing, and he's like, oh, oh dear, I have to escape from this. Oh no, it's at the end. No, she, basically there's, there's some stuff that happens, and yeah. she gets he gets locked into this film, which he can't escape from. Which, if, is, if I remember rightly, is that. The graveyard scene in Night of the Living Dead, there's a famous, very famous line where, because it's, it's a, sis, a sister and brother that are going to um, the grave. I can't their remember. Their Their father or mother. And they're mm. coming to get you, Barbara. <laughs> very famous oh, line. And yes. so that that's, I don't know if you'll know if that's in it or not. But um, I don't think the line is. Okay. The line's not, but it's, it, I, if, it might be, it's a homage to it. So mm. you've got that kind of like, oh, the graveyard and zombies mm. in black and white. So you're like, well, there's only one scene like that. You should definitely check out that Creepshow episode, though. It is, I love the Creepshow films. And I do, again, I I have more time to watch films than I do TV shows. And there's so many TV shows I want to watch. The Creepshow ones are good because I they're do only about watch 20 the minutes long. Yeah. So they're very short. There are, some hit, there are some good ones. Some of them are a bit like, yeah. There's one with a genie, which is really quite interesting. Okay. Some of the episodes you kind of like a bit, bit naff, but you know they're only they're only twenty minutes long, so you can kind of watch four or five of them in a, in an hour. Yeah. Now I'm I'm not going to go too much more on about this film. Um, simply put, I love the story. I love, like I said, I love how the people get on in the film. It's mm. not, it's not a drama. Uh, I actually adore. I, I there's some charm about the effects. Like I, I mentioned earlier, the the effects. The zombie, the zombie makeup basic. isn't great. It's very basic, but there's a charm about it, and I, I love it. And it is a good, it's a good, it's a violent film towards the end. It's a gory film for the oh, time, okay. especially. Oh, it's actually a long yeah. film. It's two hours yeah. long. Yeah, it is. Wow, quite, it can be a slow burn. And again, it's not that scary. And I think for a modern audience nowadays, if you just showed someone, do you want to watch a horror film? Yeah, watch this 1978 Dawn of the Dead. I think oh, people yeah. would be bored. I think people would be bored. I think that's why the remake is a better one to show people because it's it's yeah. more high action, it's more it's more tense. Especially the the first ten minutes of the remake is actually fantastic. It's a fantastic um, yeah. opening to an apocalyptic world. I think we could we could effectively going off what you just said there mm. is if you were to say so I'll use I'll use my missus um, uh, kid as an example when mm. so so when she gets to be eighteen, which is in a 10 year no eight mm -hmm. years time something like that if i was to say to her i mean eight years time would be 2030 say oh i'm going to show you this you know this iconic horror film dawn of the dead from 1978 you have to watch it i put it on for her i can guarantee you she'd be sitting there going i don't get it what what's so scary about this yeah it will Whereas, be very dated exactly and i think going back to scream five they touched upon this very cleverly which is obviously scream five mirrors scream i mean effect, mm. let's be honest you're, you're watching scream again almost yeah. well effectively it is almost shot for shot but what they did in the opening scene was really clever which i loved was in the very in scream 1996 casey it, uh, no not casey yeah casey well I, one of her names she is on the phone to him and she has to rely on her memory of horror films she ha she's racking her brains to try and work out what it was because mm. there was no mobile phones back in those days. And the internet nope. was infancy st uh, settings. Whereas in Scream, and this is going off what you said about updating 
older horror films. Yeah. In the opening of Scream 5, he says, I'm going to give you horror trivia. Which one of these came first? She's literally like, okay, phone in. Oh, it was this one. And I was like, that's spot on what someone in our, what someone today would do is if they didn't know the answer, they'd be like, oh my God, this guy's going to kill me if I don't get this answer right. It's all right. I've got Google. It's that. And that's what I, that's what I really liked about Screen 5 was they updated it. I know we're, go, we go, we're not going off on tangents in this episode. It's fine. No, it's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen but easily. I think we're going to end on. I want to end on two more interesting tidbits about Dawn of the Dead. Um, oh, please do. Like like we said, it, we're not going to review the film. We're not going to go shot by no. shot, plot, plot, every plot synopsis and whatnot for each film. That's why I, I tried to sum the, the synopsis up. I probably did it very terribly, but it's, I, I think I, I think I summed it up eventually. Um, yeah. But although Romero, uh, this is this is what I found really interesting. Where George Romero, he, t- he took a lot of the work on himself. There's also an international co-production effort between the US and Italy with uh, Dario Argento, oh, um, director yep, yep. of Suspiria. Suspiria, Suspiria. Am- amazing Italian director. And Italian horror, if you've not, fa- not never been into Italian horror, get into Italian horror because Italian horror yes. is fantastic. Now, here comes the confusing part with the quote-unquote dead timeline. Argento okay. re-edited Dawn of the Dead for European release, which was titled Zombie, with no E at the end. Oh, so right. Z-O-M-B-I, okay? Mm-hmm. Following its success, Zombie 2 also known as Zombie with an E, and also known as Zombie Flesh Eaters, was already in production by Lucio Fulci. Lucio Fulci. Uh, Uh, Probably the equivalent of Argento in Italy, the two top Italian horror filmmakers. Zombie 2 would be unofficially known as a sequel to Dawn of the Dead, but not surpassing the true sequel being Day of the Dead. Now, like I said about the sequels, they don't follow, they don't technically follow on, but they're in the same universe, like night, day, yeah. uh, night, dawn, and day. They are in the same apocalyptic world. They just, they just happen in different points. They don't continuously carry on. Oh, okay. But Zombie 2, aka Zombie Flesh Eaters, is their, I guess, spiritual true sequel. Ah, okay, okay. Like, I guess, like how we went through all those Texas Chainsaw Massacre iterations, you know? Oh, yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 really is the true sequel. Oh, yeah. You had all these other attempts. Now, Zombie 2 is, shall we say, Europe's Europe's sequel to Dawn of the Dead. Hmm. Oh, okay. It's quite a a mess. And the thing with Zombie 2, uh, aka Zombie Flesh Eaters, it's it's a good zombie film. It's, It's a slow burn at first. But the type of zombies in it are very much more voodoo esque. So you, I mean, you're ah. voodoo esque wise, voodoo zombies are in theory the OG zombies. Um, oh yeah, very much so. From crap, what's even original, in real life? The original zombie film, I can't believe, I can't remember what it's called. I mean, oh, the day I stood with a zombie. I heard first, that one. I believe it's the first zombie film and it's voodoo um, based because that's where the origins really come from for um, reanimated dead. It's all like yeah, voodoo curses true. and whatnot. So that's, yeah. so it's weird how they describe that as being their quote unquote true sequel, but yet they really are more voodoo zombies. The that last, is cool. I like that. 
the last point I want to end on, which I, I love this. This is one of my favorite horror facts. Now, you notice we've been talking about Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the yes. Dead. Now, what's the difference in those titles? Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead. There's something I'm, different I'm rather than the first word. I was going to say, is, is it living? It's the living. Yeah. Now, his original film had living, but it then got cut from each film onwards. Now, the legal rights to Living Dead were retained with Night of the Living Dead writer John Russo, uh, okay. which later on in his writing career would bring the term to cult classic Return of the Living Dead. Ah, uh, okay. Oh. Now, where was I? Russo had directed Dan O'Bannon, who you should know that name. I should do, yeah. Do you know that name? No. <laughs> it's why, bad. Why, I should know why this. Don't you, why don't you look up Dan O'Bannon? Oh, no. I'm going to... Oh, you're going to hear me go... Oh, crap. I don't know. <laughs> Dan O'Bannon. O'Bannon. Bannon. Oh, Bannon. bugger. He's from... Wait, no, there's two. Hang on. Why should I... Oh, he wrote the screenplay for Alien. He did, ah. yeah. <laughs> He also contributed uh, computer animation to Star Wars. He he's a, he's big time. Okay, so Russo, the, oh. the the writer who had the legal rights to Living Dead, teamed up with Dan O'Bannon to helm Return oh, okay. of the Living Dead, with condition that the script could be discarded and completely rewritten, so that the rules, quote unquote rules, could be changed and steer the film in a direction away from the Romero franchise. Oh, interesting. Hence, why we got in Return of the Living Dead uh, franchise, we got. Uh, more mobile zombies, zombies that are going brains uh, and whatnot. Oh, nice. So at that point from dawn, it was just of the dead, not living dead. Ah, didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. I do so, have a, I do have a uh, dawn of the dead tidbit for people. Go on then. Let's end it with this. No, go for it. Let's end it with this. I, I made there it, I is made another film that uh, was not made by Romero. It was influenced by Romero that actually shares is technically takes place in within the same universe. Do you know which film it is? Is it a zombie film? It is. It's a zombie film. In the same universe as Dawn of the Dead. So it takes well, it takes place within Romero's zombie oh, Romero. universe. So it's kind of it it was made it was filmed a long time after uh these ones, but yeah. it was it's set the the per, the person who made it said oh it's very much set if in that universe. I, I can't think off the top of my head. What, what, go on, you what should it? know this. I should know you it. You should know what it is. Give me, a clue. Know Give me a clue. Give me a clue. It's uh, British. British? Yeah. It's a British film. Snatch. No. It's a zombie <laughs> film. It's a British zombie <laughs> film. A British... What, 20, 28 days later? Nope. No. It came out literally the same year as 28 days later. How am I... You're saying I should know this. It's a British zombie film. I'm fairly be. certain I'm British. Unfortunately. Do you want me to, do you want me to give you a... Uh, oh, give me another clue. This the, is, this, yeah, give me a quote. quote. Give me a quote. Line. Give me a quote. Um, a quote from the line is, and then after that, we'll all go down the pub, have a pint, oh, and wait yes. for it all to blow over. It is yep. the, short, the, the Cornetto the trilogy, dead. but Shaun of the yeah. Dead. Yes, that is. Uh, Simon right. Pegg, when he made this, because he's a, he's a huge uh, Romero fan, as made Shaun of the Dead as a homage to... Yeah, his films and actually yeah. said if you know I think it happens in Pittsburgh for the Dawn of the Dead uh, stuff it's in, or in I believe that... it, it's Pittsburgh yeah the Monavale Pittsburgh uh, Monavale Mall he basically yeah. said oh yeah this is happening in Pittsburgh uh, 
whereas Shaun of the Dead happened their their, their apocalypse starts in the UK somewhere. But yeah. it's very much set within the, uh, the same universe. That's where they said it. They based it. So there you yeah. go. I I remember that. I can't believe I mind blanked on Shaun of the Dead. Wow. It's annoying because I, I see Shaun of the Dead as more as a comedy than a zombie film. Yeah, I would. I didn't want to say zombie comedy because I know if I said zombie comedy, you'd be like, "Oh, it's that." I wanted to see. Yeah, if yeah, work it out. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, I the the connection I did have going back to Wreck. Now you oh, mentioned yeah. Twenty Eight Days Later. Is I is the obviously this is out spoiling too much is the type of thing that happens in the film they're very similar to uh well one of the potential um reasons for the the quarantine is similar to 28 days later if you think about the opening scene of that with the monkey yes and they base mm. wreck on the um the dog yeah going to the yeah, going yeah. to the vet like a so when i when i rabies. saw that saw that bit i was like oh that's similar to uh which to be fair wreck came out the same time almost as 28 days later i thought wreck was 2007 or 8 we talked about it last time but they're wreck and martyrs were 2007 or 8 respectively uh oh, okay, i think years earlier yes yeah, so it was a bit earlier oh, 2002 yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah well it's getting close You're getting close I, li- I like that though that like just blame it on the animal oh yeah <laughs> just blame it's it like, on the oh, animal. uh stuff is happening what do we blame it on um Oh, I like to film Cujo. Let's, let's get that in somehow. <laughs> which Cujo technically, is now on Netflix, though. There you go. Cujo is fantastic. Go watch Cujo, people. Um, yep. Which actually, technically, when you blame it on the animal, you go back to Dead Alive. That is yep. on the rat, the rat monkey. Oh, oh, poor Cujo. Yeah. I, I, did you remember Caesar Milan, the the dog whisperer? Yeah, the dog whisperer. He had a case, and I must be. I laughed when I heard this. This guy was like, "Oh, I got this dog. It's horrible. It's mean. It's aggressive. It's violent." All the other. And he, he went to me, he was like, now tell me, what's the dog's name? And the guy went, I called him Cujo after my favourite Stephen King novel. And like, he looked at me and went, the first thing we've got to do is we've got to change that name. Yeah, we are. Turning out in public. And like, Cujo! People are like, oh my god, you called your dog Cujo? Are you mad? Could be worse, you'd call it Adolf. <laughs> yeah, you could call it Adolf. No, Adolf! 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 Come here, boy! Oh. Come on, come on. Oh god. Who's a good Adolf? Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I don't have much to say about this film because, quite frankly, um, it is probably hands down one of the worst films. Well, uh, one of the worst remakes. No, not remake. Not remake. One of the worst Western adaptations of a film that there probably has ever been. Um, quite frankly, minute. and I've... Yeah. Now, we've talked, okay. about, we've talked about our top fives of each other many times and yeah. attempted to record them many times. <laughs> yeah, we have so often. I actually can't remember what you're about to say now. You won't because it wasn't in here the first time around. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. All right. Um, because oh, sure. I... Was it in here for the first time around? It might have been. I'm not sure. Friday the 13th isn't because I took it out. Yes. Yeah. Because as, as like I said, as great as I love that series, yeah, it, it, it didn't do anything for me. Like yeah. didn't chill me to my bones or anything. This film did at the time up to about six years ago. Where so very specific <laughs> it was six years ago because the partner the girl i was with at the time had enough of me saying i was terrified this film so she sat me down and made me watch it uh, after which i was like oh yeah my god this film is crap okay so basically 
this is, do you want me to just tell you what it is or do you want me to give you clues about it? I feel like I feel like you're in a guessing mood today. I am in a guessing mood. I'm enjoying. Okay, it. you are in a guessing mood. Go um, for it. I'll give you the I'll give you the clue. It's the it's the sound clip that creeps everyone out. Yeah, do you want me to give uh, you, a, do you want me to the do sound it? clip? Yeah, it's the sound clip that emanates from the main v- villain in the film. One of the oh, two main boy. villains. Oh boy! Oh, the two main villains. Oh my yeah, that's god! Two. The sound clip that emanates yeah, from one of yeah. the main two villains. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. That's. I didn't think that would be. I thought that would have given it away straight away, but I guess not. Well, when you say sound clip, I, I well, before you said two villains, I instantly thought of Psycho. The ding, oh, okay. ding, oh, ding, 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 Or mm. like Halloween of. Duh, duh, duh. That's what I'm thinking. Sound. Oh, you're, not, you're talking not... what the character does. The character. Yeah, it's what the character does. Yeah. Interesting. Ah, interesting. I can see modern, modern, or or are we talking seventies, eighties? Oh no, you said so remake. You said remake, right? Yeah. So it's uh, early two thousands. Very early two thousands. Early two thousands yeah. and two. I am stumped. I'm absolutely stumped right now. You're this stumped, doesn't bode well for someone who does a horror podcast. Oh, no. So in very early two thousands. It featured an actress who was at the top of her heyday in that time. She was a very, she's, I mean, she's still very successful now. I know. Oh, oh. I know. I know. Which one do you think it is? Are you about, hmm. Was the original a Japanese horror film? Yes. Right. I think he's got it. Is the sound similar to, uh, ah. Yeah, there we go. uh, Yeah, kind of like your, uh. You're doing a, a long fart. And, uh, meow. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot there's a cat in there. Oh. oh, I forgot about the cat. Oh, so, um, before I say the cat. name of the film, do you still check um, under your covers every night before you go to bed? No, not anymore. Not I anymore. used to, though, <laughs> up to about six years ago, every time I watched this film. But, yeah, so, the, we'll get straight into it. So, so the film... The remake? Hmm. Yeah, the remake. Well, I never saw the original... Uh, Japanese one before I'd seen okay. the film in question before I get into it is yes. The Grudge the 2004 mm. The Grudge film made with starring the actress at the time Sarah Michelle Gellar who was I think she had just finished her Buffy I think it was uh, close at least at least very close, close. Yeah. Uh, but yes yeah, so Sarah Michelle Gellar was at the the heyday of her she was probably every teenage lads oh I had a poster dreams yeah I did too um, I mean she was Buffy no, she still is yeah. Buffy yeah, uh, she was amazing, and she was hired to do this American remake of I don't know when the original Grudge came out. Uh, it was late some 90s, time around. Oh, do you the Grudge? It was yeah, late nineties, yeah. and they completely uh, messed it up. It's a terrible film. It's awful. <laughs> <coughs> but good thing it's in your top five. <laughs> well, it is. It's in there for a special reason. Okay, and it's in there because this was my first introduction to. <clears throat> got a bit of Dorito stuck in my throat. So it's good. Right. To, I would say, paranormal horror. Right. I would say this is kind of paranormal, supernatural horror. Yes, I agree. I, I agree. Earlier on, I kept wanting to say it was um, not psychiatric. What's the word? Psychological, but it's not psychological. really psychological. It's more paranormal. And this yeah. was my first introduction to it. And when I saw this, I was 14 when I saw this. Yep. 
and I saw it with my older brother and my dad. I think we'd rented it from Blockbuster because I think Blockbuster was still a thing at that time. Yeah, uh, long live. Yeah. Rest in peace, Blockbuster. We miss you. We do. I and actually do. I do. I do. And it creeped me out. It creeped yeah. me out so much. What creeped me out was the noise the kid made, that weird noise you just did a minute ago. It. I mean, uh, I think, yeah. Fun fact, I don't think Ed the Penguin likes that um, noise. <laughs> I, I don't know. I know this. He, I think I played it on his, like, a one of his um, Twitch streams and he hated it. Sorry. Like a, like Sorry. a deep fat fryer in your voice. You had the weird, the kid himself looked, well, the, the kid himself looked weird. He's, he did look weird. The mother was creepy. The kid kept appearing everywhere, which terrified me. There was the weird, like, hair monster. I want to say hair monster. I don't know what she was. Oh, I even see pictures of it now. It's putting me off. Oh. <laughs> oh, I, and this is the thing. When I saw it at this time, when I was 14, it just terrified me. I don't know why. Because I watched it when I was 24. And I realized how bad of a film it is. It's not scary in the slightest. That's the thing. But when you watch it when you're 14 years old, and this is, you know, this is probably a few years after I'd seen Alien yep. and The Terminator for the first time. Every time I got into my bed, <laughs> I had to look under my bed. I had to look in my cupboards. I had to look under the, my duvet because that frigging kid now, would crawl. Now, why is that? Why? I don't know what... I now, do why, no, I why did you have to why. check in your covers? Why? There's a reason why, why did you have to... The reason why is because of that bloody scene in this film yeah. where Sarah Michelle Gellar's getting all nice and cosy in her bed. I think it's Sarah Michelle Gellar. I don't know who it was. I, no, I think it's someone else. I think it's someone else. It might be someone else. Yeah, it's another I think character. it's whoever it was in the flat because this kid somehow... Basically, the plot of The Grudge is uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar is a carer, is an American carer who goes to Japan for some reason to care for someone and i don't think it's ever explained and the house is cursed the house is cursed by this the the previous owner who used to live there who died horrifically as did her son it holds a grudge and whoever the grudge exactly and whoever comes into this house is effectively cursed yeah so no matter where you go this thing can follow you which if you look into japanese like spirits and things like that i mean there's loads of them check out 13 ghosts for a great film on this. There's so many of them. And she effectively becomes cursed by the grudge. Yeah. And I don't think she believes it at first. There's a great little jump scare where she's sitting on a bus and this kid just like huh, comes out of nowhere. Uh, there are some reflections. good jump scares in it. There, oh, there, there are some brilliant scares. Is, uh, there's a there's a good one uh, in the attic. Yes, where the, the camera pan, pan, panning oh. around in the attic. Yep, yep. Yeah. Which there, was successfully nice... parodied in Scary Movie 2, where he burns the kid with a lighter. Yes, there was. Which is great <laughs> yeah, fun. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. there was. Yep. And basically, things go on. She starts to realize the house is cursed. She tries to escape it and uh, doesn't because, you know, the grudge is a vengeful spirit and will do stop at nothing to get you. Yep. And there's a scene in this film where I believe it's her friend. She passes the curse on to her friend somehow, or she invites the friend to the house. She gets cursed. And she goes back to her flat. And this is after there's some weird stuff going on in the CCTV cameras. So, like, the, the monster is freaking the cameras out. And she gets into bed. And she's lying there with the duvet. The duvet. And as the camera pans down to the bottom of the bed, you just see this shape just slowly creeping up the bed. Yeah. 
and she grips the top of the duvet and you can see in the mind the script is like thinks about should i lift the duvet up and i sat there (laughs) and i watched this going no no No. just tuck yourself in suffocate that bitch Dutch oven that Dutch oven that bitch (laughs) and just be done with it and she lifts this thing up and he just he's there and he just goes and like the scene ends she dies horribly and ever since I saw that scene I would have to check under my duvet because I was paranoid that this thing was going to be there since I saw the grudge and it was somehow that watching the DVD had cursed me and this grudge kid Mm. was going to come and get me and so I actually had nightmares about this film, and this is true, for three weeks after I saw this film. Constant nightmares of this kid. Yeah. And it, it, it was horrible. I, didn't, I barely slept for about three weeks. It was nightmares. I think and the, the, the grudge, um, obviously there's multiple villains and mul- monsters, we'll yes. say. I think it's the girl that crawls through the bed. But I have no idea. It, it's, I think it is the girl that crawls through the bed, but... Before we get to the bed Probably scene, so. the, the the female character in question is is work, working her way through the apartment building, and gets to the door, and like lights start mm. to flick, lights start to yes. flicker. Um, I think they as work she's, in as tandem, she's, don't they? As she's going up the the elevator, you see, I think the yeah. elevator has a glass. The elevator has a glass window in it. You see the uh, as she's going through level yeah, to level yeah. to level. On certain levels, the little boy is standing there. Yeah, he appears. Yeah, yeah. So you're right. They they kind of work in tandem. These these they do a bit. These dickhead ghosts, they kind of oh, work together. God, they're and so it's, annoying. It's the female, the young female ghost that really... Um, she's the main villain. Yeah, she, she's, she's the, the one that guy. is in the bed and pretty she's much kill, kills, kills, kills this uh, female character. Yeah. Yeah. She's, yeah, the mother is the main, I think it's the mother, it's the mother is the main villain. Uh, the boy is just an unfortunate bystander. Um, yeah. And to be fair, the story about how they died is actually pretty, is actually pretty, Oh, it uh, is heartbreaking. It's, it's yeah. a horrible story. Uh, the the dad basically snaps and kills them, uh, drowns them in the bathtub, which is where she, when she's got to reach into the bathtub, you just sit there going, you know, there's something in there. Don't put your yeah. hand in there. Never put your hand in there. But the film in whole is just not good. It's not a good remake. They butchered it, unfortunately, too much. But for me, it was just a terrifying film. And over the years, I was like, I'm gonna watch this film. It's, this film can't be scary. And I would start the film, I'd get a, a little bit into it, and I'd be like, nope, i got to stop it. I have Big to stop nope. it. Big nope. And I could not watch it. Mm. I, I was just like, nope, I cannot watch this film. And my older brother was like, you are such a wuss. It's not scary. And I went, it is to me. And I, I couldn't get over it. And it was the girl I dated about six years ago before I got with my, my partner. And I told her about this. We were looking for something to watch on a Saturday night. And I said, oh, she's like, oh, watch me film. She watched. She's like, oh, oh, I know a really good scary movie called The Grudge. And she looked at me and she went, I'm sorry, do you find that scary? And I was like, yes, well, I do. It's subjective. It's subjective. You know, <laughs> it's, yeah. certain horror films are scary to others. Um, exactly. Art film horror films aren't. And this is, this is a 15, by the way. So it's not, it's not like an 18 rated horror. And I said, yes, it's terrifying. She went, no, no, no. We're going to sort this out. So she sat me down on the sofa put the dvd in and went you're not allowed to look away you're not allowed to hide behind a pillow you have to watch this and i was like okay and i was like i'm 24 years old i'm a man i can i can, I can get through this and when i watched it like that I, to be fair it probably helped that i had someone there with me mm. i was as an adult 
you know, 10 years on from my 14 year old brain, I was like, this film is awful. It's an awful film. And actually, when you when you really look at it, I mean, to be fair, people who are watching it now probably wouldn't find this scary unless they had a real phobia of ghosts. <sighs> because yeah, when you yeah. see like yeah. the kid when he appears, you're like, that's literally a skinny kid who's been painted, who looks like Tom Savini's early work, just mm, went mm-hmm, just white mm-hmm. paint all over him. Yeah. And when after I watched that, I was like, this film isn't actually scary. It's not that terrifying. In fact, it's really not scary. There's some really good jump scares, though. Don't get me wrong. Like, there's one in the graveyard. There's the bus. Yeah. There are some good moments. It but does overall, jump scare as well. It's very, yes. Overall, it's very mediocre. And the sequels they release after this are just... I don't know what happened with them. There's a, there's a plethora of sequels. Although, and another fair, remake. Yeah, which was awful. Mm. I remember watching it. It was terrible. Although, to be fair, um, Sadako versus Kayako is a mwah, brilliant wow. piece of work. Uh, <laughs> it's a, a brilliant piece of work. That's an important yeah. piece of cinema history right there. It is. It's just, it's fantastic. You should definitely check that out. That bad boy out. Especially the ending. But the reason it's on my top five is it's not scary. It's not a, it's not a scary film. But as an intro to paranormal horror and the way it gave me nightmares every time I watched it for three weeks, I was, I mean, worse than the facehuggers. The yeah. facehuggers I could get over, as we talked about in the last episode. Yeah. I could get them pretty easily because I'm like, well, there's no aliens on Earth, so it's fine. Yes. But this thing, it was night after night, there was nightmares. I had to check everywhere. Every time I looked in the reflection, I thought it was going to be there. When I was brushing my teeth, I was like, is it going to be in the corner of my eye somewhere? And it would not leave my brain. And for that, I was like, I have to include this on my top five. Because it did. It just... Had that impact. It had such an impact on me. Yeah. That I was like, okay, as an intro to horror, as a a teenager, this is up there in the the Mm. best thing that I have experienced at that time. If I watch it now, I'm just like, "Eh," you know... You know, you might. Do you want to like a? You know, do you want to gargle something to get rid of that chesty cough you got? Did you get around to watching the original eventually? No, I never watched it. I've. Well, oh, I don't you know. really should. You really should watch the original. Interesting though, I watched the. Was it the Ring? I watched Ring, the Ring. Ringu. The no, I've seen Ringu and I've seen the Ring. Yeah. Um, and loads of people like the Ring. Oh, it's terrifying. I watched it at my aunt's house not too long after I watched this. And it was so boring. I just could not. I just the don't ring know what it was. is a very slow burn, uh, really similar is. to audition, which we mentioned before. Oh yeah, audition. very slow yeah. burn, but peaks at the end. It really, really yeah. do. Now the thing with the ring, I think the more terrifying aspect of that film is is uh, Sadako, obviously, but it's the oh, yeah. the video itself, the videotape itself. Yeah. Because the only way to describe that video is, what? Yeah. What? 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 And that's terrifying because it's it's out of the norm of what I know what what we know. What are we watching? What, what the hell is this? What? Some and people it, will go, this is this is rubbish. But I I'm if I was in the film, if I was there, I I'd feel very eerie. Going, why does this exist? What is this? That yeah. to me is the scariest part of it. And I, the, I think what The Ring had going for it was it was the word of mouth as well. I agree. Similar I agree. to like the Blair Witch effect, yes. which was like, have you heard of this film? 
And people are like, oh, yeah, have you heard the film that's going to kill you in seven days? And like, no, you have to. It's like, well, it goes, oh, you have to watch. It's called The Ring. You have to watch it. Yeah. And it spread like that. So people are like, well, apparently there's a film called The Ring that's going to kill you in seven days. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it kind of like, the it got built up into this like truly terrifying film. I mean, to be fair, people may have found it terrifying. Personally, I didn't. There is a film out there that I really want to, I'm going to try and look it up because I think it'd be quite, it's a really weird film. And I think potentially it was an early adaptation of the Fatal Frame games, the oh, Project yeah, Zero yeah, games. Project Zero, yeah. And it was it was like early two thousands, so it was the flip phone type of thing. Yeah. And it was a it was a camera or a phone or something that was cursed. <laughs> and if it took your photo, it would distort your face really badly, <laughs> and it would leave you a message saying how you were going to die okay and yeah. it, but it wouldn't tell you where or when it literally yeah. would just show your face as you would as you were in that moment you died and it was on youtube it was like it's i mean this is before youtube's like became youtube yeah and so i watched it and i had a great time watching this i don't know i can't remember what it's called it's bloody annoying i have to watch it again okay and i don't know where i'm going this i just thought this is quite a good tangent <laughs> The fact that we're talking about oh no, it's because it's Japanese horror. That was yeah, it. and this well, was like, a really good intro of like modern Japanese horror that they were like, oh, everyone's got flip phones. Someone was like, a cursed flip phone, you say? All yeah. right, here we go, horror film. I like the fact you, you're saying, yeah, this isn't a great film, but it oh, has yeah. that impact on you, and it yeah, might yeah. not be scary to other people. This film, but no, it, everyone, yeah. reality, everyone has something in their life or in the world they are scared of, no matter what it is. It might not be a horror film. There are people that uh, people that I've watched horror films with that I can't watch horror films with again because I I like to feel immersed in a horror film. I like I, I watch a horror film in the dark and if it's shit, it's shit. If it's good, it's good and I feel immersed in it. And there's people that I've watched horror films like that with and they'll laugh at points where you're not really meant to yeah. laugh. They go, or, ah, oh, 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 that scared me. Oh, it I, didn't, I it did didn't scare you, though. You said. I did watch Wreck in the Dark. So there good, you go. good. I did, yeah. I feel now, like I, you should get immersed into them. See, I, I put down the reason why The Grudge terrified me so much is, uh, is the fact that when I was born, I had, so I had brain damage when I was born. And I have uh, I have a really overactive imagination. It's okay. it's fantastic sometimes. <laughs> so I think when I see things like this and they get yeah. stuck inside my mind, my imagination is just like oh, you know, has an explosion. It's like here you go, yeah. let's play on this for yonks. And I think that's what happened with the grudge. That's what it did. It got stuck in the stuck rattling around, and so of course naturally your brain's like it's like that annoying earworm music thing. You hear it, you're like I know what it is, but I can't remember what the title is. It's it's annoying. It will annoy you. Yeah. And I think that's what some of these films do, especially my number two as well. Well, number two, hmm. well, then number it, two it be interesting. It, we'll get it did its job for you. And like, it did its job. It, it, it's, it's, it's not the scariest film I've ever seen. I, there were some good jump scares that I was scared of, but it did its job for you. And that's what matters. Oh yeah. And yeah. that's why it's on my list. That's why it's our personal top five. So we're now up to the silver medal place. We're up to our number twos. Yep. Numero tuos. Numero, Numero dos. Dos. Deuce. And for me, it's Halloween. It's the original Halloween. Ah. 
Nice. Again, we're going back to 1978, where we just were a with golden the year. Dead. Go- it's a, it, it is a golden year. It's a golden time for horror films. And oh, it, was, it wouldn't yeah. be a generic uh, top five horror f- movie countdown, I think, without Halloween. I think Halloween, well, maybe not for you. We are, we're all different. Yep. But I think, for the most part, Halloween would be in the majority of of a horror fan, of a horror a major horror fans top five i, I would have thought yeah. so at least maybe not everyone but for the majority so you know during we had the 70s the slasher scene slowly growing slowly mm. growing slowly growing with the release of black christmas the driller killer oh, yeah. texas chainsaw massacre but the one that i think really set in stone being the slasher now slasher is a term but when you say slash to someone and I don't mean going for a piss. When you say slash, <laughs> you think of a knife, don't you? You think of a, a, a slash, like a slash of a some knife. Sort of, I, I would think of some sort of bladed weapon. Yeah. And to me, that goes with Halloween. Mm. It's oh, yeah. the slasher film. And not he, only, he hasn't killed that many people in the film. We, it's kind of similar no, to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He doesn't kill that many it's a, people. It's a very low body count. And especially with a blade either. Mm, true. And Although he's very creative with his blade, let's be honest. He's very creative. Now, much like Dawn of the Dead, which I state was an independent film, this is really independent. Oh, this yeah. is an incredibly independent film. This was only made for $350,000. Oh, wow. That is... That's... That wouldn't pay a few actors in a modern Not day now, film no. their salary. And Halloween did so much for the horror genre by doing so little in the space of just 90 minutes. You know, ranging from the impactful opening score. I just inserted there for you audio listeners. There you go. <laughs> just a little pause there. Uh, to the altered, amazing Captain Kirk slash Shatner mask. Oh, yes. Uh, quick tangent, folks. If you don't know the Michael, original Michael Myers mask, it was originally a yeah. Captain Kirk slash William Shatner mask from the original Star Trek, which they just right. dicked about Are with, edited, gave it a new paint job. Boom, done. And... Sorry, Shatner, but you're terrifying, apparently, <laughs> in mask form. <laughs> yeah. And I, the, the, the thing with the mask, which makes it more terrifying, is not being able to see Michael's eyes. No, you can't, can you? Thinking about it. It's an endless void. Because, and oh. at which, we're getting deep here, Michael himself is an endless void. There's no reasoning with him. 
Much like Leatherface. No, in fact, there's probably more reasoning with Leatherface than there is Michael Myers. Michael Myers is a zombie himself. There is no reasoning whatsoever yeah. with him. And Leatherface, the mask, yeah, has shown some like, some, especially, well, especially in the new film, which we don't want to talk about again. Well, we'll never talk some about people can get through to him. Yeah. And it goes along with that mask with the the pure horror radiating from him from the calm, mm. slow walking, silent monster. Oh. That is Michael Myers. And you're listening to a horror podcast, okay? I, oh, yeah. Do I need to talk about who Michael Myers I don't need to talk about who Michael Myers is and whatnot. I, mean, I don't really I need would to. say that you don't, because let's face it, if you were to go out into the world and say, name me a slasher. Yeah chances are you're going to hear one of a few names. You're either going to hear Michael, Jason, Freddy, Chucky, or, I don't know, Candyman. You're going to hear one of yeah, the big, one of the, one the of big the, ones. Yeah, the, yeah, one of the, 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 shall we say, that's always in the top 10. The the most oh, yeah. common one. And Michael Myers, it, to me, is just, he's peak. He's peak. He's, Apex. Leatherface, Leatherface to me is top, but Michael is an incredible character. Unfortunately, we get the sequel, sequel itis, yep. issue with the Halloween series, which I'll get onto oh. in a minute. But we're talking about Halloween one, so we've got the opening score, the four beats, which you just heard from oh, from John yes. Carpenter himself. That opening score alone, it's it's so weird to say that four beats can be scary. Yeah, it is a scary it's... tune, and it, it's only oh, yeah. four beats at the beginning repetitive but they're, they're, you get a bit more in the tune eventually it starts to ramp up in the, in the opening credits but it's a scary piece of music mm. and it's so good it's fantastic it's so simple you put that like a a the intro with b michael myers you have a pure horror combination yeah yeah and the story is so utterly simple so simple. As simple as really I, when is, I described actually. when I described Slumber Party Massacre earlier. Um, again, you're listening to a horror podcast. You should know the story behind Halloween. Not, psychotic yeah. By guy. Now, is, everyone should know this. Everybody should know. A psychotic man escapes from a mental asylum who has been watched over by a doctor for so many years. Uh, he's in a mental asylum because when he was six, he killed his sister with a knife. Um, yeah. And the boyfriend? Boyfriend's off screen. No. Does he not? Believe, no, I don't believe no, he, doesn't, he does. No, no that's, that's in later the, that's late, yeah. yeah, that's in the remake. That's right, no. yeah. So he's in the mental time, escapes, and is pretty much just he, he goes back to where he the, he was from, Haddonfield, Illinois. Or should I say Haddonfield, Los Angeles, because there's palm trees there. Yeah. There's no palm trees in Illinois. He nope. goes back and goes back to doing what he knows best, is killing, being a monster. Yeah. And unfortunately, our main girl our final girl one you yeah. arguably one of our original final girls which i'll get onto in a second is caught in the crosshairs of michael myers and that is basically yes. that is that is the briefest the plot, synopsis really. of the film now as i mentioned our final girl in this laurie strode played by the amazing the amazing jamie lee curtis oh yes it's why i do believe she, this is to be the starting point of the final girl in horror uh, being Laurie, okay? Mm, yeah. Now, you could argue that Sally Hardesty in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre in 1974 is the original final girl. Yeah, along true. with, Along with, I forget her name, I should have noted down, the lead character, who's female, in Black Christmas, who survives. Now, as we established, Black oh. Christmas came out the same time 
as Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The f- the reason why I would say Laurie is actually the proper final girl, yeah, is because the difference between the two Laurie was actually able to get some credible defense in with Michael yeah that's true actually she did didn't she and I I personally find that gives more credit to a final girl than say Sally who god bless her it was was doing all she could to survive from this monster chasing her throughout the night and disposing of her friends okay Laurie really did all she could to fight back especially after looking after two kids babysitting two kids that night yeah, that's right. She did, didn't she? She was looking after Tommy, wasn't she? Tommy, no. Tommy, Do- Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. Yeah, Tommy Doyle. It was Tommy, Tommy Doyle. Now the final girl is, yeah, it's, it's we all know that trope in horror films. So it refers to the last girl, woman oh, yeah. alive, to confront the killer, the the one left to tell the story. The final girl. I mean, we. It's in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's in Halloween. It's in Alien, as we we talked yeah. about. Yeah. And Friday the thirteenth, obviously, Nightmare on Elm Street with Nancy, Scream with Sydney, like it's a big trope. Although, go on, go and pausing quickly for Friday the no, thirteenth. Go, 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 go. Friday the thirteenth doesn't actually technically have an iconic final girl. No, they're if you think about different. It. Yeah, the other films do. Friday the thirteenth, anyone that doesn't actually have one. Tommy Jarvis, played by uh, Corey Corey Feldman. I loved Tommy. I love Tommy in the Friday series. Tommy's played by three different actors: Corey Feldman, yeah. a, another actor who is in Return of the Living Dead, and a third actor who I name escapes me. But Tommy is probably more frequent in Friday the Thirteenth as a final probably. character than the final girl itself. Yeah, but the final girl, yeah, it's an established trope in the horror genre, and I think Laurie oh, yeah. was the first main one. In what, like I said, was it an independent film, not a Hollywood blockbuster? It no. made its money back. This film made oh, yeah. its money back in big time. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So much like the majority of major horror films in the seventies and eighties, Halloween was not able. It's not able to escape the lure of the spawning sequels and reboots. And, no, unfortunately and not. Which doesn't hinder this being in my top five, though. I just I just try and block them out because this film <laughs> is just incredible. This film is horror itself. It, there's a lot of different words. Horror, terror, chilling. Yeah. This film is chilling, I think, more than disturbing. It, it's not a disturbing yeah. film. No. It's chilling and can be terrifying. It's it was in it's interesting because I think Halloween is also one of the first films that kind of did away with the the slasher that always attacks at night. Yes. If you think about it, Jason always attacks at night. Freddy was always in your dreams at night. Yeah. Whereas the very first time we see Michael stalking Laurie, it's broad daylight, like first thing in the morning, and he's just casually standing there looking at her and she turns around, she just sees him and it's like this is like first thing in the morning. It's like, what on earth are you doing at this time? Whereas most slashers are it's like, I need the cover of darkness to do my kills. Yeah. Even child's play. The first time we meet Chucky, it's at night. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah, Halloween, we're like, nah, pff, nah we're going to film well, during the day. I mean, well, it's filmed during the day, but the most of the, the, the kills, um, Annie's killed at night. In fact, they are killed at night. The kids. <laughs> he, yeah. He, the build They're up- killed at night. The build-up build is, is during the day in uh, "quote unquote" LA, which is actually Illinois. 
because uh, there's no palm trees in Illinois, for God's sake, John no. Carpenter. Get that right. Yeah, it's... Um, I think, again, with Dawn of the Dead, I think showing this to a modern audience would be quite tough. Um, yeah. I, I think it would be it would feel a slow burn. I don't think oh, it, it would be scary because I don't feel the slow, methodical walk-in Michael Myers is as creepy to a modern audience. They want they want things now, now, now. They want the jump scares. Yeah. Whereas I, I personally don't like that. I like the chilling, methodical, slow-walking Michael because you're thinking, what is he thinking? Why is he walking so slow? Shouldn't he be chasing me? Shouldn't he be running yeah. after me? Well, well I'm going to start to panic. Why is he just slowly... It, he? What does he know I don't know? And it's the fact that he always catches up to you. Even always. though he's only walking, he always catches up always. to you. I also... I love Donald Pleasance in this film as Dr. Oh, Loomis. Oh, he was great, wasn't he? He's the crazy old psychiatrist doctor who has been looking after Michael, watching and learning about Michael all this time. He knows everything about Michael. Yep. And his performance is so... I mean, it's Donald Pleasance. He's an amazing actor. He is. I mean, it was great to see him in Halloween Kills. It was lovely to see... Well, he, uh, he wasn't, he wasn't him, in yeah. Halloween Kills. <laughs> yeah. But it was great to see that they they managed to bring that character back, even though it was only for like a second or two. Yeah. It was great to see them bring him back again. Although, to be fair, for a, a doctor who's, you know, dealing with psych, psychotic... Psychotic? Psych, yeah, psychotic. No, psychotic. Psychotic. Sorry. Psychotic. Psychotic. Yeah. That's the word. My, my mouth is just not working today. Psychotic mm. patients. Mm. He was remarkably good with a gun. It's got to be said. Yeah. He had a remarkably good aim, even though, obviously... Well, I mean, if you haven't seen Halloween, go see Halloween. Even though, obviously, his attempts to finally stop Michael failed. But he had that great line, which was when he's talking about Michael. And I think you you said it a bit earlier. It's there's nothing to him. It's He just turns around and says, Michael is pure evil. There's nothing in that brain. He's just an evil soul. And it's like, yeah, what it's do we do with him? It's like, evil. pure evil. He goes, what do we do with Michael? He goes, there's only one thing you can do. If you see him, just kill him. That's it. Because he and can't I thought be that's Yeah, he can't be stopped. He will keep going until he gets his target. Obviously, we're not going to go into Halloween Kills because it's a uh, train no. wreck. And we hate it. Not as much as we hate Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but that's a different story. Yeah. And that was that was great. All the other like slashes, they... Obviously, I mean, to be fair, with the other slashes, it's kind of easy to avoid them. I think we've touched on this. with J Especially Jason. Jason is really easy to defeat. Mm. You just stay out of his camp. Mm -hmm. That's it. You stay out of his camp. It's fine. Uh, Candyman, you don't say his name. It's kind of like yeah. the Bloody Mary thing. You don't say yeah. his name. He can't hurt you. He leaves you alone. Freddy, so long as you, you don't live on Elm Street, you're fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Michael is the only tricky one. Because, well, actually, Michael... to be fair, if you stay out of Haddonfield, you'd kind of be okay as well, I suppose. Yeah, Michael didn't have a purpose until part two which two? really yeah. bothered me when they <laughs> shoehorned in that laurie was his sister that was done For because they, reason if i remember right they couldn't his... they couldn't work out how to do the plot yeah yeah it was they, like, they struggled. We, yeah it's like we're just doing the same film what do we do uh i don't know oh do this oh, okay that's yeah. interesting which then started the obsession that laurie was his sister even though it doesn't make yeah. any sense but so, I mean, we can quickly go through the uh, the timeline. 
um, just to get out of the way, like I did with the Texas Chainsaw one. So number two, obviously, oh, Harry straight. No, no, it's fine. It's not as confusing as TCM. Um, yeah. Harry's on straight after number one, straight after. So Laurie's yep. taken to the hospital and it's pretty much set in the hospital. Te- uh, sorry, Texas Chainsaw. Halloween 3 is its own <laughs> film. Halloween 3 is fantastic. You can watch yep. that. You don't need to watch the Season others. of the it's Witch. Just a, it's just a great film. It's got nothing to do with Michael Myers. Go watch nope. it. Halloween 4, better than Halloween 2. Harry's, it, it basically retcons Halloween it retcon 2. part 2? Halloween's part, it retcons 2. Yes, it retcons 2. But it's based on Michael's niece. Oh, no, yes. No, sorry, it, it doesn't retcon 2. No, sorry. that's not no, Halloween. It, no, it doesn't retcon 2. It doesn't retcon 2. It, it, it based on um, Michael's niece being Laurie's daughter, which is Jamie. That played by yes. Danielle Harris, and that continues in five as well. So four and five are continuous, and they carry on after one and two. J- Jamie's an amazing character, and again, for some reason, he is hunting down his family. Mm. It, it's alluded to in the film, but it, it they just it's like the, again, you had to shoehorn in the family aspect rather than him being an endless void, looking in the eyes, a pure monster just out to kill. You know, he, he's he's a psychopath or what we call nowadays a sociopath. Halloween yeah. 6, and we are with a grown-up grown Tommy Doyle, played by Paul Rudd. <laughs> it's a rough film. Oh, yeah. It's a rough film, and we then get into cult territory here, with Michael being in a cult. The Thorn. The Thorn the cult. Thorn. It's a bad film, but if you can watch mm. it, watch it. I'm trying to find the director's cut, which is a hard one to find. Oh, yeah. Halloween H2O retcons everything we've just talked about, and there's a pure oh, sequel no. to Halloween 1 with Jamie Laurie Strode um, 20 years later with her son working in the school and Michael finds them. There we go. Hell ensues in the school. We have to come back to that. It's 20 years later and he's back. Like, no, no. <sighs> Halloween Resurrection. We carry on with H2O. Big Brother was big at the time. So we're going to do Big Brother in Michael's old house. Oh, they didn't, did they? Big Brother in Michael's old house. Or, or a documentary oh. star thing in Michael's old house. He's not going to like that. Fair enough. He's coming. Blah, 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 whatever. We mm. then have the Rob Zombie remakes, which eh, it's yep. Rob, it's, they're Rob Zombie films. And now we have the new retcons. Here we go again. Which are the new sequels to Halloween 1, which was Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills, yep. which is trash. So yeah, that's about really the. Is. That's about the. I, I'm going to draw up actually. If you follow us on Twitter at Tom Grindhouse or at uh, Tainted Souls, Tainted Souls, I'll give you this to share. I'll draw up another timeline for Halloween this time. Yeah, that'd be good. So people can see what the actual time is. But all the way back, we're going back to Halloween one. There is no. Um, what's the word? There's no. Not, um, there's no mo for Michael really. No. He's, no. If there is, it's just to go back to Haddonfield. But yeah. at the same time, dude's a psychopath. Mm. Dude will do whatever he wants. He will just, well, just do it. I mean, yeah, because I, I think that's what, what made Michael really good was there was no MO. It was just he's, yeah. he, he was a great representation of the fact that there is just evil in the world. Exactly. And he represented exactly. that. He is just evil. He's just going to do evil things. That is just the way he he is. He's nothing about him. Evil does. Whereas evil obviously does. other other slashes have their reasons for doing so. Yeah. Until you get to Halloween Kills and they punched in a really stupid line, which I think tonight. when the both of us heard this, we were like, 
I hope that's not what they're doing in the Thars film. If it is, it's going to be a crap film. Because someone sat there and went, oh, what if Michael's not actually staring out the window? What if he's just staring at himself and that's what he wants to do? And as soon as I think both of us heard that, we were like, do not have some dumbass ending to this new trilogy where they're like, oh, we've stopped Michael. We just put him in front of a mirror. He's just going to stand there for the rest of the time. It's like, if that's what you do, I'm going to scream. Because you would have taken one of the most beloved slashers in horror history and given him the dumbest ending in the yeah. world. I, oh, I, I'm really worried that's what's going to happen. Now, there, there are, throughout the, the, the sequels and reboots, and all that, there are some times where Michael is portrayed to have a, his, his human side comes out just for a slight mm. part where he's chasing Jamie down at one point. Jamie's cornered. And yeah. she pulls the mask off Michael. Oh, yeah. And you see a slight tear come from Michael. And then, as it, he loses it back in reverse, mask back on, starts tearing shit up. I, I don't want that. Halloween no. 1, Michael, like we've just said, is a monster. Yep. Non-reasoning, exactly. he's a monster. That's all he is. And it's the chilling, calm, methodical mindset of Michael that is, to me, just... It's just perfect. It's just a perfect slasher villain yeah. uh, in a horror film. It's perfectly done. And it, it is a slow burn, Halloween 1. Oh, it's it, a it slow really burn. is. It's a slow burn sprinkled in with, I don't know, here's a scene with Michael. Just Michael's uh, legs walking or Laurie and her friends walking down the street. And is that Michael just in the bushes? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and they're like, who is that? No. And then he just walks behind the bush and he's gone. It's yep. so subtle, but it works. And Car- John Carpenter absolutely killed it with Halloween. He did. He really, he, I mean, this is almost, you could say this is his opus because this is the film that everyone associates with him. It's like, if you say John Carpenter, it's like, it's John Carpenter's Halloween. I it's think just you think of film. this or The Thing. Oh, The Thing was good. Oh, I yeah, like that I th- film. I think it's The Thing or Halloween you think of John Carpenter in my, you don't think I of Ghost really of Mars. No, I had a really interesting theory actually about um, the ending to The Thing. Now, if you haven't seen The Thing, go watch it. It's a great film. It's really cool. Lots of fantastic special effects, which I love Mm. in my horror films. Um, But it's right at the end. So you've got, I think it's McCready. I think he's the last one. McCready and whoever the other guy is. There's a scene where it's right at the end and they're like, shit. We don't know where the alien is. It could be either one of us. And McCready hands a bottle of whiskey to the guy and says, here you go, let's just drink up. And that's where the film ends. I didn't hear this, but someone came up with an interesting theory, if they ever did, if which was that the bottle that McCready hands over, it contains yeah. oil or like something horrific to drink. And so he hands it to the other guy and says, drink up. Because if he drinks it and says, oh, thanks, it's like you've just drank pure oil. Yeah. And if he was human, he'd say, that's disgusting. But if he said nothing, it's like, ah, that's the alien. And yeah. I was like, that's a really interesting theory. But obviously they then made the prequel to the thing. And you know, again, they ruined it. I always believe Kurt Russell's character was the, the thing at the end. Yeah, potentially. But I love the, the ambiguity it's of, one it, of the, them. the openness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not being handheld all the way. I love that. I love the so, thing. Yeah. I thought it was great. 
Oh, so yeah, such a good film. Number number two. Um, there you what go. More can, what more can you say? Halloween is a is a perfect horror film. It, it, it really is, is a perfect horror film. Um, the score, the 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 score, the, the characters, the, the characters, the, the the acting, the the script. Um, the fact that William Shatner has been terrifying people for like what fifty odd years. It is not a gory film. It has no. the. It has the 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 thought of what people think of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's gory, gory killer killing slasher mm-hmm. film. It's not. No. It's it's very simple. I'm trying to think of how much blood and gore is in this film. Um, it's prob- the most blood is probably when he kills his sister at the beginning. Yes, probably. That is probably about it. Yeah, and it's and that's so great, but leaves it to your imagination. There's everything about it. It's a perfect horror film. And that's why it's my number two. Very nice. That leads us into my number two. The the silver tier of my top five to-do lists. To-do lists? Not to-do lists. Top five horror lists. Then I said to-do lists. And this was an iconic film that came out three years earlier than Halloween. And it's an interesting film. It is a horror film, but it was, pro- it was unique at the time. Because the main villain of this film wasn't actually a human or a monster or anything like that. Yep. It was... An animal? Are they an- they animals? Are they fish? I'm not sure if it's an animal or a fish. Either way, it was a shark. And of course, the title of the film is, of course, Steven Spielberg's 1975 film, Jaws. Yep. And this film is just... If you look at it and look at everything that went into making this film, the cast in this film, it's... Yeah... Sorry, I'm putting my hand up for a question. Uh, no, but that's not even a question. I've just checked. Sharks are not mammals. They are fish and animals. They're fish. There we go. Shows how much we like, don't know. No, that's true. <laughs> I do have some interesting shark. I do have some interesting shark trivia for you, but okay. I'll get onto that a little bit yeah. later. And yes, if you look at everything that went to making this film, this film should not have been made. Yep. It somehow managed to keep going, but there were so many problems with this film. To be, all right, general overview of this film is there is a small little kind of like seasidey town called, I think it's Amity Island off, it's off Long Island, somewhere in the States. I'm not sure where that is. And it's a, it's a town that relies on tourism. You know, they have this nice beach. They have these lovely waters. Yep. So every summer they rely on these tourists coming in and bring them money. And what basically happens is, is one summer is a great white shark comes in unnoticed. And it basically eats a, I think it eats a child, which actually, again, going off, I think, what you said about Dawn of the Dead, which only came out a few years before, actually, the year before this, didn't it? Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead is, no, Dawn of the Dead is 78. 78. Yeah. And again, this was kind of one of the earlier things where they were like, yeah, we're going to kill a child in this and uh, we're going to make it as, it's quite as bloody as we can. I think it was a child first. It might have been a lady. One of the two. Either way, it's a great scene where blood like gets splattered and everything. It's lovely. Fantastic. 
And pretty much they're like, okay, so someone has died in the water and they try to work it out. And they realize it's a shark. And like, oh, okay, we've got a shark problem. Let's see if we can fix this. Suffice to say, they can't fix, they don't find the shark. And the mayor's like, well, we have to get people in the water because if we don't, there's no money. The town's screwed. We're all, you know, it's all going to fall apart. And they send anyone back into the water and lo and behold, another person gets eaten by a shark. It's at this point in time they bring in an expert who's like, ha you have a great white problem. Yes, you are indeed in trouble. And off the story goes. Now, this film was great because it was probably unique at the time because the villain, like I just said, wasn't a person. Yeah, It wasn't someone in a mask that was hunting down teenagers who felt like coming into his camp or it was a, you know, a nightmare. I love it if the shark had a mask. person. <laughs> that would be cool. I would love that. I think it would be great. It wears Although, the, to the be fair, it wears the skin of its um, victims oh, as a yes. mask. Although the plot of Jaws two is Mummy comes looking because Mummy yeah. senses her child is dead, even though you know that would never happen. <laughs> well, not we won't get into Jaws three and four because no, they were just no. horrendous films that you know you could probably more view as a comedy than anything. And it was great because the villain was a shark, and. I'd never seen it at that point in time. And I love this film to bits. I absolutely love it. So much that when I had COVID, I was like, I want to watch Jaws. I want to watch this film again. And I bought it or I rented it on Amazon Prime. I rented it on Amazon Prime. I was like, I'm going to watch this film again. And then promptly realized when I opened up my Netflix that it was on Netflix for free. So, you know, there was that. But, you know, I was like, it supports the course. It supports the Jaws franchise. It's fine. And I'd never seen anything about it up to this point. And what Steven Spielberg managed to do with this film was he manages to build tension without showing you the shark. The yeah. shark is, at, is barely in this film at all. Yeah. And the reason for that is, is because the animatronic that they built for this, uh, I think they called it Bruce, Bruce the shark, never worked. It broke down so often because the, when they submerged it in the water, it kept messing with its animatronic like wiring stuff. So I think for half of the film, he couldn't use it. And it was like, I have a machine that's cost me a lot of money and I can't use it. And so they were like, we have to just film this from the shark's point of view or like some really clever tricks of the, the camera to make it work. And he did. He really makes it work. Hmm. That coupled with the incredibly iconic soundtrack. We like talking about music in this, which is simply the... Yeah. Duh, duh. Actually, no, we'll, we'll put a clip in here. I'll, put, sure. I'll put it in. Yeah, it. yeah. As you've just heard it now, it's a great thing. I love that soundtrack. 
might have to have it as my phone phone ringtone. It's simple. It's so oh, yeah. simple, and it's the simple ones that uh, that stick with you. You'll never forget them. No, exactly. I think that's what's great about when you. That's I think that's the perfect mix up when you get the great iconic soundtrack and you make a unique slasher. You just know the two of them. It's like when you hear the do 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 do. You like yeah, you know exactly. that's Michael Myers. Yeah. The yeah. kick, ma, ma, ma. You know that's Jason. Yep. And the one from Jaws, you know it's the shark. And it's hard to describe why this, again, it's not hard to describe why this film means so much to me. It's easy to describe this film as much to me because, again, it made me terrified. It made me scared to go into things like the ocean. Because even if I went on a holiday, uh, what was it? Quite a few years ago now. Yeah. And I went to the ocean and there were, there were no sharks in this area. There was, they, they're just non-existent. But I was in there and I was like, oh, is there a great white under here? Is there a shark? Because of the film Jaws, I was like, no, there's going to be a shark. I've, I've seen Jaws. I know there's sharks roaming around everywhere. There's got to be a shark. And that's what I loved about this film was that it had that impact on me, where even in swimming pools, I would believe that there was a shark in the swimming pool. Now, let's be honest, in Jaws 4 or 3, something, yeah. one of those two, he gets into SeaWorld somehow. I don't know how, considering the fact the shark in that film is ginormous. <laughs> and it's like, oh, my God, this shark is somehow swimming around SeaWorld and we're not realizing where he is. I, the animals know, are in cahoots yeah. with each other. Oh, God, <laughs> oh, God, it's such a bad film. Yeah. But I believe that there was a shark everywhere. No matter where I went, even if it was a swimming pool yeah. and I jumped, I dived in, I thought I was going to be diving straight into the mouth of the shark. And that's what this film did to me. And I loved it that it was making me terrified of swimming pools. Well, I, I've noticed, I like from your, I love that our top fives are so different from each other. Oh, I they really it. are. I love it. And that's, that's that um, leads to better discussions than us having the same oh, top fives. But what I've noticed with your top fives, some of them, especially the Grudge and Jaws, Mm. It's they've really had an effect on your mind and made you really, yeah, yeah. like you say, you, you, the, the the thing with the grudge and the duvet and in the bed, yep. it really gives a, a really um, big impression on you, especially with the shark when you were yeah. younger, thinking they're in. And that's that's uh, that means oh, no, that, was, film, that was that means even the last f- weekend. <laughs> I went swimming last f- weekend. Even when I got in, it was like. <laughs> I mean, it's the films have done such a good job on you yeah. as an audience. Oh, they do. That that's that's a great thing. Yeah. What is interesting is I said about the, if you look at everything that went into this film, it should never been made. Yeah. It really shouldn't. So the animatronic, like I said, it constantly broke down to the point where I think even Steven Spielberg was like, I've had enough. Mm. It's like this film is, to be fair, this film was going to, they believed it was going to tank mm. because they were like, you know what? We've, we've blown our money on this thing that doesn't work. No one's going to watch it. It's a rubbish film. We'll put it in the, the, the time slot where films go to die. Which yep. now, ironically, which in 1970s, it was right at the start of summer. So I think it was the first week of the summer holidays. Films that were, they were like, you know what? A crap film. We know it's crap. Put it right there. Just get back a bit of money if you Wasn't can. Wasn't it the original summer blockbuster? It was, yeah. Yeah. It was the very first film that yeah. became a summer blockbuster hit, which changed the way I think that they looked at it and went, oh, actually... If we can get really good films at the start of summer, mm. people are going to go see our films. Yeah. Whereas now, if you have a film that you hate, 
you make it available on Boxing Day or Christmas Eve, yeah. or you release it Christmas Day because you know no one's going to watch it. Which you know, which is weird. Quite funny. Which is different with TV shows as well. So your big yeah, films, your is. big films come out for the summer releases, but TV seasons winter. are normally uh, September to winter and then spring mm. because people are more at home to watch them. Exactly. People aren't out yeah. about in the summer, so they're very they're very different. That's what's quite interesting, yeah. and the cast for this, especially there was two of them. They they hate each other. It was Robert Shaw who played Quint, the yep. the cantankerous old sort of boat captain, and Richard Dreyfus who played yep. Hooper, the shark expert. The two of them hated each other. They okay. did not get on. They would always constantly have a go at each other, and. Robert Shaw at the time, I think he was, he was very, he was a, a, a massively alcoholic person at the time. Yeah. So he would always, I think he always turned up very drunk. And I, th- I can't remember how it happened, but basically someone said something, says, look, you either sober up or you're off. And I think he turned up the next day completely sober and went, all right, let's get to work. But was well, interesting about him was. Of, uh, keeping yeah. the job. Well, he was also, he had a lot of, I think, tax problems at the time. So as part of his agreement, he was only allowed out of the country for, I think it was like three days. So every time they went to film this, th- this film, he was only available for three days. So they had to fly him from the States to Canada. And after those three days, they had to fly him back to the States where he couldn't work for the next four days. He wasn't allowed to. Okay. And so they had so many problems with this film. And yet it went on to smash the box office. Because people were like, have you heard there's a film out? It's about a killer shark. It's terrorizing the waters. It's based on a book. I can't remember what the name of the book is, unfortunately. I think it is called Jaws as well. And it had a really bad effect on people. I mean, they loved it. They obviously loved it because they went to see it. But it also, it terrified people. It made them all terrified of sharks, especially great whites in particular. And it caused such a fever of... I don't think hatred is the right word. Uh, not anger. Uh, fear. Uh, I think fear. Fear is the fear. Fear, yeah. The open water, especially. Exactly. And so people just went out and just started killing great white sharks. Yeah. Because they were like, these are things idiots. are monsters. We have to get yeah. rid of them. And the, the author of this book, well, I think when he heard his film was being made, he was like, oh, okay, cool. And then after he saw it, and he saw the reaction, the people that started going out killing these great whites... He was so horrified with himself because he went, I I just, yeah, he was like, I've just created this. People are going out and killing great white sharks. And so he now works with great white shark, like conservation or he did, I don't know if he's still alive. Yeah. He, he tried to get people to stop it. He spent most of his life then trying to teach people that great whites are not I don't know if he is a great white in the shark. I think in the book, it said it was a big shark. Yeah, and of course Steven Spielberg was like, "Oh, uh, big sharks! Ah, great white shark! That's probably the biggest thing we've got." Um, which here's your interesting shark uh, trivia for you: great white sharks don't actually like the taste of humans. They hate our they they find us disgusting. Yeah. So when obviously people do get bitten by great whites, because I think it's mainly surface they get bitten by sharks, because when from like below, if you're looking up, they kind of look like a seal. Yep. which, of course, great white sharks eat. And so what a great white will do is they will bite you, which, sadly, if you've seen the size of a great white's jaws, I mean, they are 
No, they're massive. They'll sort of test test you, won't they? Just to see exactly. if, it's, uh, they, if you're legit. They bite you to test you. And then when they bite us, they realize, oh, that's disgusting. Yeah. They'll let go and they go away. But of course, the problem with that is, I, don't, I mean, I'm a big great white shark. But if you see great white shark injuries, yeah. the bite that they do is usually pretty fatal. Left because with a hole they take, in our body. Exactly. You're left with a massive hole in your body. Yeah. But apart from that, great whites are not actually that dangerous to us because, no, well, obviously not. they are. Yeah, they bite you. But they don't, you know, we're not their preferred source of food. Mm. Whereas you get things like bull sharks and hammerhead sharks. Yeah. These things will just go for you because they're like, you're in my line of sight. I'm coming for you. They don't which care. Are way more aggressive. They don't care. They're like, yeah. I've seen you. I'm having you. That's it. Yeah. So this poor writer, yeah, he spent mm. most of his time trying to protect great whites after this. And it's, I think it's kind of, it's nice that he did that. But at the same time, you've got to feel really bad for him that he had this really iconic idea. It became a great film, but the reaction to it was just bad. It was just negative. And I think it's one of the only horror films that's had that kind of reaction. With films like the ones we've discussed, uh, you know, Alien, Halloween, yeah friday the 13th you come out of it and you're like oh it scared me oh okay cool yeah and that's it nothing with this one they came out of it going oh my god great white sharks are horrendous we gotta go kill them we need to do something about it. it's a is a reaction yeah. that we actually need to do something physically about it yeah but i think in a way it's, it was kind of good it was it's it was a different type of fear oh, and especially you. i think that's why it affected me because yeah. when i watched it i'm like christ because you're like, these things are real. They are yeah. actually in the ocean somewhere. So if you're out in the ocean, especially in shark-infested waters, you're like, they're below me somewhere, which makes that fear more real. Whereas with, you know... My, I mean, Michael Myers is interesting because technically he's just... Oh, I'm putting the air quotes up, by the way, for our listeners. Yeah. He's just a man. Yeah. He could be out there. But with Jason Voorhees and Freddy, you're like, well, they're... I, they're not real. No. As far as I'm aware, no. there are no real zombies in the world. Well, obviously with uh, Leatherface and uh, yeah, Leatherface Norman, is true. Norman Bates um, being based on again and, and Science yeah. of the Lambs being based on again. So there yeah, are yeah. people like that out there. Exactly. It, I think it's not it's... many, but there are people. True. And I think that's films that are based on, especially like The Jaws, your mm. Psychos, your uh, Silence of the Lambs which you could meet people like that in real life, yeah. that makes it a little bit more spine tingly because you're like, yeah. ooh, if I go stay at this hotel, oh, I wonder what the, the owner's like. Whereas no, you I then agree. get things like, you know, your Chuckies, you're like, well, I've never met Possessed Doll. It's yet. a doll, yeah. Exactly. And I get, so my, yeah, so my three and two, mm. I would say they're, they're here because they did, they had that impact. They made me go away and they made me think about the, I mean, they made me, I mean, one of them made me terrified to, you know, get into bed, which, you know, I love my bed. I love sleeping. Well, like I said, they both had an impact on, on the vivid yeah. imagination. Exactly. And I, yeah. that's why I think I had to take out Friday the 13th because as much as I love that series, yeah, I'm just like, well, I could watch them all day long and it wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't do anything to me. Whereas these two, every time I, not so much the grudge now because it's you no, know, it's not that good of a film. But especially Jaws. Every mm. time I go into some pool of water, yeah. like I said, I was I was swimming. We went swimming with the kids the other day, 
And in the back of my mind, it was that fear was still there. Could there be that thing? And I know it's irrational. I know it is because it's it's a it's a kiddie's pool. Yeah, it's literally like two feet deep. There's no way a shark could be in there. But that fear is still there from when I. You don't know that. <laughs> That's true. It could be an invisible. Sh I mean, there's there a, there's a, a film out called Ghost Shark. There could be a shark outside your window right now. Okay. I kid you not. I had a dream about that once. Um, <laughs> literally, the whole world had flooded, and yeah. I woke up and there was a shark at my window, and I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." I do want to watch Sharknado. I do want to watch that because oh, that don't, don't waste your time. Don't waste I, your time. Well, no, because that's that's the point that I I, oh, I wanted to mention before I finish is Jaws did some. Jaws was in my mind the shark film. Yeah. If you think about it, Jaws was a slightly bigger than average shark that terrified people. Yeah. And there haven't been that many shark films that have followed. All the shark films that have followed, you've either got someone who is trapped underwater, is being pursued by a shark, or he then got, oh, uh, instead of a giant shark, it's a giant alligator. It's a yeah. giant piranha. Something or there that was follows... uh, Deep Blue Sea where they're intelligent sharks. Yes. Oh, that was a good film. I did like that film. But again, it's it's the same formula. It's like, oh, it's I know it's a terrifying shark, and it's always a great white shark. That's the yeah. thing. Because they've made that that iconic fear thing. Yeah. Whereas and obviously you had recently you had films like The Meg, which Oof. Well, Oof. I must I I didn't mind it, but at the same time, like it's it's just Jaws again, though. You're just it's doing just Jaws silly. again. Yeah, yeah. It's just a massive, massive shark at that point. It's in time. Big Jaws, <laughs> which is why I thought Sharknado at least did something different. They were like, we yeah. want to make a shark film, but stick it in a tornado. It's like, yeah, all right, why not? With the guy, I can't remember his name. Who's the guy that plays the lead character? Uh, is it's, it Thomas um, Jane? It's not no, Thomas Jane. No, that's Steve no. Lucy. Yeah. Oh yes, uh, that's one thing. It's, I can't it's, his name. It's not. It, they're just not great films. I, I think I they're mean, made they're not by Asylum. Films. They might be yes, made they by are. Asylum. They're made yeah. by that, a well, that's, one. that's why, yeah. But it's interesting. The main character, do you know what he's also famous for? Go on. Ian Zering. Yes. So he was actually quite, he actually had a voiceover role in the, uh, in the 1990s. Do you know what he was? No, go on. He go was on. the voice of Vinny from Biker Mice from Mars. Oh. I know. That's quite a stretch. I think I remember Biker Mice from Mars. Okay. I, I, I remember Biker Mice from Mars. No, 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 no. I, I remember it. I, sorry. I remember oh, it. I had toys. I don't remember episodes or how they sound. That's what I mean. Oh, yeah. No, I don't remember yeah. this either. I know I have the. I know I have a Biker Mice from Mars issue one comic somewhere. That's pretty cool. Uh, I, I, annoyingly, I also had a Street Shark egg cup. Little thing. I found two off of eBay. I kept one of them. I kid you not. I cannot find it. I'm slightly worried because um, it was a lot of money. So I need to find that. One thing yeah. with... Um... Okay, straight up. No, we went off at a tangent. Oh, straight up. Jaws. <laughs> I, I, I don't find Jaws scary. Straight up. Oh, it's what not I, scary. What, what I find scary in that aspect uh, is the, the sea slash ocean. I, yeah. I don't like... I don't ever go in the sea. I, where have you gone? Holiday, whatever. I don't ever go in the sea or ocean. Even if it's just paddling. I just don't like it. I find the ocean slash sea more terrifying than space because we know more about space than we do the ocean yeah, slash sea. That's true. 70% of our oceans is we still don't know what's down there. It's such a mystery. And to me, that's 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 terrifying. 
The, the, oh, like yeah. the ocean itself is to me like a, a horror icon. Yeah, it could be a horror yeah. icon. Because you don't know. I think it'd be great it. if they could set a horror film down there. A horror film under the ocean. That'd be great. There's the abyss. Imagine it. Oh, it was the abyss. <laughs> Just oh, there you go. <laughs> I forgot about that film. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one with the oh, that's the one with that weird ending, isn't it? With the uh Jim Cameron film. Oh yeah, I remember now. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, George, yeah, George never did anything for me, really, because I, I was I was always in the mindset of just don't go in the water. Well, it's not going to come out on land. It's just don't go in there. Yeah, uh, but I think that's what's interesting is the fact that, and they 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 touch upon this in the film. Yeah, is when Brody is like, you can't send him in the water. There's a shark in the water. It will kill them. Yeah. And the mayor's like, we just have to take that risk. You just have to send them back in the water. Otherwise the town will fall apart. Yes, that's the way and, to get around it. Yeah. Yeah. And even for myself with my, you know, this fear that there's always a shark no matter where I go, whatever body of water is, even a puddle. Because let's be <laughs> facing, there are some there are some deep puddles that you've seen people jump you into. Mean, you, put your foot in a, you put your foot in a puddle and the shark's going to come out and grab your foot. Exactly. Yeah? Well, you never know. <laughs> Could be a hollow earth as, as you know, established in Godzilla films. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. And... But it's like you said, you know, I think you touched on it a little while ago when I mentioned it was in my top five. It was like, just don't go in the water. Mm. And that's, again, going back to like how to avoid certain slashes. It's like, if you want yeah. to avoid Jaws, you just don't go in the water. Don't go but to the crystal people lake. are like, people take that risk. They're like, yeah, but I'm on holiday. I want to go swimming. I know there's potentially yeah. a shark, but I got to go back in the water. Bloody humans. Humans are the worst. Yeah, we're, we're stupid people. We are. Stupid. We're, silly, we're silly, silly species. I love that our top fives are so different. I love it. They really are. I think it, it's it, yeah. I'm. I was counting my top my top fives. Th- Ooh, no, would that give it away? Oh, I don't know. If I say what it is, it might give away what my number one yeah, is. I don't, don't know. No, no, no. Well, we were going to end this with um, this this part being three, two, and one. But yeah, we we're gonna we're gonna tag on a third part to our top five horror yeah. films with a episode coming probably very soon after this one with our top yeah our number ones. So we're just number ones, one. they we realise they need a little bit more time a to be bit explained. More time in the oven, yeah. Not full, not full review, but no. there's there's more reasons why we love them so much that we couldn't probably cram into a short episode. Yeah. So we'll be coming back for a final part of our top five yes. countdown. Then we've got soon. an interesting, interesting we episode film. That. We have a holiday we film. You could call it. Yeah. Um, a holiday film. I think. We should. We'll, we'll let we'll let them we'll let people listeners know what it is next time. So in case people need yes. to go watch it and follow along, because uh, exactly. it's not it's not a well known film. Like no. like from we'll what give we've you been week. doing. Yeah, we'll give you a week to uh, to watch it. But I think for now, um, as Ooh. per usual, this is the Dreadcast, and you can find yes, us on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, Amazon slash Audible, and Podbean. And yep. YouTube, all by searching The Dreadcast. You can find it all there. Do give us a five-star rating, please. Please don't give us please a one-star. That would be really, really depressing if you did that. It uh, would, give it yeah, a follow. Give it a, give it a follow on all those platforms. Uh, as far as YouTube, when you search The Dreadcast, you'll probably find it on two separate channels. Yeah. They being our individual YouTube channels. Um, mine labeled under Gaming Grindhouse. That's true. Yourself. Mine is under Tainted Souls. And our other social medias, uh, independent social medias, um, my Twitter being Pom Grindhouse, mm-hmm. and my Twitch streaming uh, platform actually is Gaming Grindhouse as well. Where yours? That's true. Mine is all Tainted Souls. So all Tainted Souls. He's easy. Pretty, easy. pretty uniform. I'm pretty easy. Mine's pretty uniform. It's got to be said. just look for that picture of the ghost. 
You do. Just look at the picture of the ghost and you'll find me there. Yep. And uh, we will be having an Instagram coming soon. It's just taking a bit more time. Um, oh, yes, that's right. And you can you can follow that uh, the news, any news about the podcast and any new releases on there. Mm. I think... I think that's about it. You got, yeah, the uh, previous episode, episode five, is live yep. now with our top that is. five and four horror films, respectfully. And you can find that, that was on a, uh... all the services I just mentioned. Oh, yeah. That was a good episode. I like that episode. The that thumbnail a... for that was created by uh, the lovely Tom as well, who was a great one. I liked Hello. it. I didn't Hello, actually know who the... I had, I recognized the alien egg, and then when I was looking at the character next to it, I was like, I don't recognize who it is. So when you talked about martyrs, I was like, oh, of course, I recognize it now. Yep, it's from that. It's easy to blend two posters when they're both black. <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. So that true. Yeah, I figured that was the best way to do it. So until next time, where we get to number one. Yeah. I just watch out for sharks, I guess. So yeah, I just watch out try, for sharks. Trying to end, it, trying to end um, it on a public service announcement. Watch out for them sharks, uh, really. I mean, uh, watch out for sharks. Um, um, if you can, you know, don't go into the water. Um, water. Check under your duvets for check under creepy, your duvets. creepy ghosts. Check your duvets um, tonight, people. Um, shopping yeah, malls, great place to hold yep. up. Exactly, you've got everything you need there. And um, just check on your neighbourhood community watch because there might be a psycho lingering if you about. See a, yeah, if you see a if you see a William Shatner looking dude walking around, um, basically, if you see William Shatner, careful. <laughs> report report him. I'm not gonna. I wasn't gonna go that far. I wasn't you gonna go as far William as you Shatner thought. In your neighbourhood on Halloween. Report. Slap him. <laughs>